Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's our comeback show, episode 301. I'm Dave. I'm here with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you? Don't call it a comeback, Dave. No. <laughs> call it a comeback. I'm doing good. Yeah. Well, who was that? Well, I was going to say Ice-T, but it was LL, wasn't it? LL Cool J? As LL Cool J, yeah. Yeah, currently seen on uh, NCIS LA for the last 20 years, it feels like. That I've yeah, he kind of... Uh, well, I think a lot of rappers, I think, have aspirations of being actors or... or well, he's uh, done all right. Same as T. T's been in... Uh, what oh, Ice Cube, Ice T. Ice Cube, um, Cube yeah. Uh, LL Cool J, um, 50 Cent. Um, 50 Cent, yeah, in that crappy show, Power or whatever it is. Like, yeah, I don't actually watch hey, it. Hey, 50 Cent was in a movie with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Was he? Really? Yeah. What was the movie called? <laughs> it's the one where Stallone goes to a prison. Oh, um, uh, not safety plan, but something like that. It's called escape yeah, something plan. Like escape, escape plan. plan. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Well, I didn't. I didn't realize that. Yeah. No. But uh, LL going strong. T going strong. Um, Rich three hundred one. We took a week off because I te- got to tell you, three hundred took it out of me. That was a hefty <laughs> show, and I want to say thank you to. Yeah, man, and exactly. Thank you, the listeners. Thank you to uh, obviously yourself, Rich, uh, but also to Connor and Ray, who um, helped out on episode three hundred, and it was a ton of fun. I, I had a lot of fun. I was tired and though afterwards. I just also want to say a big thank you to Dave, Me? who's the captain of the ship and keeps <laughs> it running. <laughs> That's true. I was like, who's this Dave? Oh, me, yeah, yeah, the emperor. Yeah, exactly. Forget a captain, emperor. Um, and no, I'm going to stick with Captain. No, no, no. I'll, I'll stick with Emperor. And yeah, you know, I'm always gazing at the other lands ripe for conquer. I actually said the other day to Tash, I was saying something. I said, I really just want to conquer the world and burn it. You know? I was just like, because in my dreams, the conquering, it is in ashes. You know what I'm saying, Rich? I came to conquer. No, not I to don't rule. know what you're saying, but I hear what you're saying. I came to conquer, not to rule. Fair enough. Destruction, man. The most powerful force of all. Destruction. Destruction v. Creation. You know what I'm saying? Some are born to create. Oh, one is certainly easier to do than the other. Ah, yeah. Destruction? Easier? I guess. Of course it is. If you've got the tools. If you've got the tools, man. It could take you years to build a city and it could take you a week to burn it down. Sure. Well, yeah. Leave the city building to others, I say. I'm just interested in conquering. And then you hand it off to the <laughs> fucking governors or whatever. Who cares about what happens next? Um, yeah, there's a lot going on, obviously, at Signal HQ. Uh, firstly, Rich, how have you been in the two weeks? We haven't actually seen each other. I've been ships in the night. Um, you've been working like what seven hours a seven days a week, twenty four hours a day. You've been on, you know, on call. Pretty much, I have been working six days a week. It's been very, very tiring. Jesus. Um, Do you get yes, grumpy? Because I, I get grumpy when I get tired and hangry. Do you get grumpy? Like, no, you know, no, just get tired. Relatively pleasant guy, aren't you? Like, I'm not. I'm prickly. doesn't take me much either. You know what I mean? Like, I get snappy, sharp, you know, c- comments, grumpiness. They're all my kind of attributes. Someone said it's a character flaw, not me. I always say... Uh, okay, I've I mean... Got, I've like, got... I, 
It depends on your point of view, I guess. Well, that's it. And I've got a sinus headache today. And what I said to myself was, you know, when I get the headache and stuff, because I get the sinuses, you know, for fairly regularly, I took the painkillers and it's kind of dulled the pain. And I always said to myself, it ha- if I had to go out and open for Australia, you know, open up the batting for Australia, are you okay? And I, I look at myself in the mirror and go, yeah, I'm fine. Fucking bring it on. You know? That's that's the question I ask myself when I'm when I'm feeling poorly when I'm under the weather. You know I often get the sinus headaches. So times I thought I've had cancer, AIDS, multiple sclerosis, all these. You know, luckily none of it's actually eventuated. But I always look at myself in the mirror and say, "Could you open the batting for Australia?" You know, and normally I'm saying, "Yeah, sure." Sometimes I'm saying I'm cooked. I need a night's rest. I need a night's rest to face up. But. Um, that's just how it lays. Now, Rich, I've got a question for you before we get uh, into the main show. Mm. Cricket question. If you had okay. to name, let's say, from whenever you started watching cricket, so till now, okay. So in your lifetime that you've watched cricket, who would you say, if you had to pick the best English batsman who played for England, doesn't, doesn't matter where he came from, but played for England, who would you say? Because I've got one actually in my head which will probably surprise you, but who would you say if you had to think of an English oh, batsman? Oh, Jesus. It's a tough one. A lot of good players, um, you know, and as we all know, England has, you know, farmed out their uh, recruiting process. They, they recruited heavily in South Africa over the years, actually. Well, well let's be honest, one of their, one of their, uh, a lot of their good players in probably the last 10 years have all been non-British. I mean, Kevin Peterson is a perfect example. He's up there. Yeah, he's up there. But if you had to pick um, your best... Yeah, English. look, I don't want to be biased and go with, with uh, Peterson. I'm not that sort of person. I'm just trying to really think. Um, I'm don't, I've never really given it that much thought. You know, I don't really focus on... Other teams. On, on, on England that much, cause just because they are so <laughs> generally lackluster. And, uh, <laughs> um, I mean, the, the only... I mean, I do know... I'd probably say maybe Gooch. Yeah, yeah that's a good answer. Are you... I, I've got yeah. If I, if I gun to my head, pick one, and again, you know, also eighties. Yeah, eighties, yeah. um, nineties, good player. I, I, yeah, maybe I'd probably say yeah, maybe go Gooch. I go Graham Gooch. Graham Gooch was a fantastic player, and in fact, I've got two, and he's my, my favourite, and I think the best player was David Gower. But I think Graham Gooch is an excellent, excellent player. Um, you know, I, I think an argument could be made for Peterson, argument could be made for Jeff Boycott as well. But I think. Gooch was an excellent player, excellent, dangerous player. But I actually think um, uh, David Gow was very good. I also think Robin Smith is uh, one of their better players that they've had. I think he, I think he could fit comfortably into any era team. Robin Smith, I think he was a, a really mm. good player. Yeah, I think he was South African. I think I want to say South African. I'm, oh. pretty, sure. I'm pretty sure he was. He came from South Africa. Yeah, it was either that or um, what's Zimbabwe, but it was South Africa. Yeah, so. He was a good player, very good against pace. But um, yeah, Gooch, good, good answer actually. Gee, Gooch, tri- triple century. Don't score a triple century in Test without being a good player. Now we've got some um, show notes. So first up, Rich, next week can be big. On Thursday, I've got Ed Greenwood, the creator of the Forgotten Realms in D and D, and I am looking so far. There's lots to discuss with these days, isn't there? Tons. Tons, man. And if you've got any questions... Not just the old stuff, but all the new stuff as well, all the uh, controversies, all oh, the sure. stupid shit that's been happening. Yeah, there's been a lot going on. So we've got him on 
Thursday. We, we had him on last year. Uh, we did three hours with Ed. Fant- fabulous guy. Lovely guy. And honestly, he couldn't be a sweeter, sweeter guy. Um, but I put the news out. On Reddit, I've discovered how to use Reddit, Rich, so I'm, I'm popularising. Oh, yeah, I did have a Reddit account, but I never used it. But I've been popularising the show, getting a lot of questions from Reddit um, for, for Ed Greenwood, so we've got a ton of questions for him. So that's Thursday. Then Friday, I've got Zeb Cook, the writer of Oriental Adventures, The Horde Campaign, uh, lead designer at Elder Scrolls Online, uh, worked on many computing games, including City of Villains. Um, and did a ton of D&D work as well. Um, he was, I think, a TSR from 79 to 94, I believe. Um, again, got a ton of questions for him. I've dug in deep. You know I've been doing my research, haven't you? But you can almost hear me. I'm just oh, churning yeah. through the the notes, firing off questions to you late at night, like, give me a description of City of Villains. Actually, while you're here, give me a description. Did you play City of Villains, Rich? Yep. Okay, give me... Feed me what it was. It was was it like World of Warcraft, but they're superheroes, basically running around a city or something. Yeah, look, it's basically like the DC Universe Online, and okay. um, there was another one, um, Heroes something United or uh, something. Something I think it was called City yeah. of Heroes. It was called City of Heroes. No, no, no. City of Heroes is the same as City of Villains. It's mm. the same game. Yes, City of Villains was a sequel uh-huh. to that, which was a standalone sequel, which you didn't need. The city of heroes to play oh. and eventually it did get folded into but uh if you owned both games then uh th- there was overlap okay where things would be imported to each game and all that and then eventually both games did get folded into one game but oh, right okay you have, but you didn't have to buy the so they just folded so you just require so if you only had city of villains you got everything associated with City of Heroes and vice versa. And, and did you stuff. play this heavily, or was this just a brief thing? Um, no, not not heavily. Um, Any questions for for Zeb that you can feed me about City of Villains? Anything you've been burned to ask him all these years? You know, he was the lead designer on City of Villains. Actually, I believe it had a dystopian feel. Apparently, I was reading like a kind of urban decaying city or something. Oh, it's just going for that sort of like '90s urban, you know, kind sure. of thing. Where it's not, it's not decaying. It's just that it's it's like Gotham. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the world's a bit shitty. Like, so you know, could you oh, have powers? Better in the past. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, dude, it was as I said. It's it's in one game you create your own hero, in the other game you create your own villain. Sure. And and so you could create like a Magneto kind of a clone or something, could you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there was a, a range of powers and stuff, and you can combine. And, and what did you have? Do you remember? What what power set? Like lightning and oh, stuff. Oh, um, so basically, whenever I create a character, it's always a combination of uh, electricity and magnetism. That's cool. So that's I, cool. I don't tend to go for the Superman type character. Uh, Although I do have a a ver- I, I do have a Superman type character. I do like to do if if the game doesn't allow for a combination of powers. Okay. Um, then I, then then I do have a. Uh, a Superman. Sort you got of something. You got something on on call there. That's that's good to know, Rich. Um, so yeah. So anyway, we've got Zeb Cook on Friday. Obviously, listeners, if you have any questions for Ed Greenwood or Zeb Cook, um, message me 
on Facebook, easiest way to find me. And um, with those questions, I will endeavor to get, get them asked. We've got a lot of questions for each of them, but I'm always looking for more content. It makes my job so much easier. And I've got my own questions as well. Don't feel I don't, man. Oh, yeah. Believe you me, I'm going to take us back to the Oriental Adventures, the writing of Ridge. Take me into the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course you're going to love that. Oh, I just can't wait. Um, yeah, so that's going to be that's going to be huge. Uh, so that's coming up. Now, I do want to shout out our Patreon. Um, we've had people increase their like limits recently, or whatever you call it, like their levels. So thank you to those who've done that. Uh, seriously, if you can support the show on Patreon, it's a big help. Um, Patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Um, it helps pay for the you know the drugs and the whores. Doesn't it, Rich, really? You know? Well, for you it doesn't. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't help cover those. About costs. which one? The drugs or the horse? <laughs> Did you want to say, listen, it's not covering those costs right now. We need to radically increase the Patreon if we're going to meet those Dude, if, bills. If, I was going to say, either you were pulling in a fuck ton from Patreon or you were getting some really cheap hookers and blow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I tell you what, like, I I won't even get into it, but, like, basically, guys, I, I just, the older I get, the more stupid I realise it is when people are buying drugs off off other people, like, as if they're dealing with a pharmacist. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, these people could be selling you anything. I, I just always think that as well. Like, I remember when I was in college and stuff, like, you know, people are buying all these pills off different people on the street corners and stuff, and I'm just like, I never got into it. I never had the cash, actually. Um, but do you, do you know what I mean? Like, they could be selling you anything. It's just a pill. Like, and every, I mean, everyone... Everyone knows that. It's just that people just uh, consider it to be an acceptable risk. I guess. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, but uh, even if it's not dangerous, it could just be a total placebo. You know, I don't know. I never really got into it, so I guess I can't really speak. But I, I, I did spoke about a billion times. I don't think it's a placebo. It's far too. Oh yeah. Hard to oh no, no, they're definitely. They're like I remember going to. I've been to about three raves in my life, and, and believe you me, if you're not off your face on ecstasy, they are probably some of the most boring events you'll ever go to in your life. Um, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's one of those scenarios where if you go to a rave and you're, you really honestly to get the full impact you needed to be on that kind of stuff, because the music didn't do it for me. The flashing lights didn't do it for me. The idiots like spiraling around on the dance floor didn't do it for me, but they're having the time of their life. You know what I mean? These kids, these kids are just like, they're just loving life. Basically short term view, not thinking about tomorrow, you well, know, Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, just just the wonders of youth, man. You know what I'm saying? Like now, old. I was talking to Adam today. He said, "You sound like you're a thousand years old." I said, "I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not far away. The hip, the back are locked up. I'm thinking about a hot bath. I'm thinking about a massage. You know, these kids are out there. But I, I almost, in a way, I do feel like good luck to them. Like fuck it. Like you know, you could die tomorrow. Really, you know what I mean? Like, I always felt that, like, all this planning we do, Rich. But, like, seriously, you could get knocked over by a car tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, all this, yeah, all this planning, happy. all this planning, man. You know, all this planning, all this maneuvering, all this scheming, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, which I do. I'm totally guilty of doing all that. And but it's like those people who just go out there and like, fuck it, I'm just gonna blaze. You know? And it's like, yeah, but that's yeah. just, but that's just two extremes, Dave. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously you need to you have you have to plan a bit, but yeah. like you know, if you're planning everything that you're not even living life, well then that's just the the opposite extreme version of like not doing anything and just sure. like snorting your life away. Defense, defense, play defense as opposed to offense. I don't know. I've always thought oh, just a happy medium. Happy medium. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> much about middle, ha- I don't know much about happy mediums. You know, play both ways. That's what they call it in the um. <laughs> Term, play both ways. Yeah, I like Gary. Rich knows what he's doing. Rich knows what he's doing. Dave doesn't. I, I'm either going full throttle in my youth or I've just like really just like slowed things down to an absolute crawl. Um, <laughs> or like my wild night tonight, Michelle's away. I'm sitting here in the dark with a cup of hot tea, massaging my temples with my sinus headache. You know, if someone was like, Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying a nice beer and some nuts. Well, why not, man? Why not? Now, <laughs> um, Hogwarts Legacy. Now, I was over at Dion's last night, and shout out to the little guy, actually. He loaned me his copy of Elden Ring, because my copy of Elden Ring is in storage, and I was playing it um, just before the show, actually. Getting back into it, I'm determined to finish. But Dion was playing Hogwarts Legacy. I've got to say, it looked fucking badass what he was doing. Um, You enjoying it, Rich? Elden Ring? No, no, Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, Oh. Hogwarts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm probably about just over halfway through it. Cool. Well, from what I was seeing from Dion, I, I mean, I said to Dion, man, it looks like a real proper fucking game. And I always thought it was going to be a bit shit when it was first announced. Like, I thought, oh, it's just going to be a cash grab. But from what I was watching Dion play last night, it looked like a proper game, like fighting and shit, like spells were going le- you know, left and right. Like, it looked like a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, I've got, there's more spells in the game than you can actually, like, use at a time. So yeah. it definitely allows you to sort of build your own style and there's lots of puzzles in the game that you need the the spells yeah to solve the puzzles which is nice i kind of like that so it's got a bit of a zelda vibe where you're solving puzzles yeah get chests or go into areas and all that um look it's a little bit uh baby's first open world yeah where it's not it's not not too difficult the open world Uh, it's pretty easy but you know what it's it's um the game looks really nice it's got a very interesting story. I'm quite enjoying the story. It's got interesting characters. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, I wasn't the biggest sort of Harry Potter fan, but I've read the books and I've seen the movies. You know, but I'm not like an Uber. Oh my God, I love all the lore and all that. But it was also it's also fun just being able to sort of run around Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, it's and they don't even give you a map, so Jesus Christ, you feel like you're lost half the time. Well, the, but but um, a map does a map does um open up for the world though. From what I was seeing, that no, that's just like it. an overview map. I'm right. saying you, you don't get a map of like Hogwarts, like no, Hogwarts right, itself. Yeah. You yeah. you you're like fuck it, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> but yeah. that's kind of half the fun of it is that you just feel like like you have to try and memorize where to go. Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm enjoying the combat's really good. Spells are good. Um. Stories engaging. Um, the open world is very um, rinse and repeat. Yeah. But if you've got a good story, then I'm I'm okay to put up with it. Um, but they've got an interesting way of doing it. So you don't um, you don't level up by killing things, right? Yeah. You level up by um, completing um, challenges. So if you defeat ten goblins, yes. You've 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 uh, completed the first challenge and you get a bit of an a bit of a bump you know get some XP yeah then you've got to kill like thirty and then if you kill thirty and so but again there's goblins there's wizard there's dark wizards there's um, uh, wolves there's spiders 
so there's so, and then there's challenges for puzzles and blah blah but only by completing these challenges do you unlock sort of like cosmetic gear but you also get xp so you can't just run around killing shit and be like oh, i'm gonna you know grind yeah to level up Assassin's the only way you can style. get xp is by completing quests yeah and completing challenges which i like that i like the idea of it's making you engage and do challenges not just go around and kill shit to farm xp so okay but like when i think of it like against the game like i say in Assassin's Creed, we do all those side missions does it have that kind of stuff some some not a lot no again a lot of the side stuff is just puzzle solving so they got like merlin trials where there's always there's a puzzle to merlin puzzle you gotta solve them there's vaults that you need to get into but you got to solve the puzzle of how to get into the vault or sometimes how to get the treasure in the vault yeah and so on and so on. And then the other things are just like, oh, there's a poacher camp. Just go in there and clear it out. Or there's a spider nest and um, yeah, that okay. sort of stuff. But so out of 10, what would you give it? Oh, definitely it's an 8 out of 10 for sure. Okay. And your girlfriend was playing it too, wasn't she? Was it, was oh, we were both playing it at the, yeah, together, yeah. Cool. And she playing, you... She's playing on the PS5. I'm playing on the um, uh, uh, X. Oh, cool. Cool. Are you still enjoying that new Xbox? I love my Xbox, man. Yeah. She plays more on the PlayStation than I play, because she, she's a bit of a weeb, so... Yeah, okay. That said, what did you say that was? A Japanese uh, person? No, I just person who loves Japanese um, anime and culture. Cool, okay. Well, that's pretty cool, man. Um, yeah, no, so anyway, so it's earned... Look, this was this... So this news is a couple of days old. Um, it earned $850 million. It's probably cracked close to a billion by now. And sold more than twelve million units in the first two weeks. And what's hilarious was the the fucking gaming press trying to sort of like clamp down and tell us what a bad game it was. And obviously, J.K. Rowling's like the devil. And it's like, firstly, slow down on the J.K. Rowling hate, but secondly, don't lie to the audience. It's not a bad game. It's a good game. It might not be the world's best game, but it's a pretty damn good game. And I think it's a, actually a really good game for. Lovers of the Harry Potter franchise, you know, well, it's here's, a gift to them. Show you, so some of the, the stuff, like I was surprised IGN gave it a good score. Like they mm. were quite honest that it is a good game, and mm. but again, they did try and bring in the J.K. Rowling crap and all that. But what I find so funny was one of the places I can't remember what it was. They gave it a one out of ten, right? Oh, Jesus. But at the start of their review, they said it's a mid game at best, and I'm like, well, that's a five. Yeah, exactly. Or at least a four. If you want to say mid, it's four, five, or six. So you scored it a one. That just shows you how unethical oh. you are. You know what annoys me? And, and I don't really like to get into politics because I do believe that there's plenty of good people on both sides of the aisle. But it's just, I hate it when it's it's just such a huge bias that they can't objectively report at all. Like, it's just like, why are you even bothering to write a review? Because it's not based on the gameplay it's it's based on your hatred for the creator of the franchise, which is overblown anyway. But like, it's like calm down. Like, judge a game for a game. Like, my God. Like, go give us a proper review. We don't care about your politics. We just want to know how successful is this game. Now, I I just I think it's really dishonest in a, in a weird way. Like, I I think that they make themselves more irrelevant by doing that because people who want to play the game and enjoy it. And Harry Potter fans, they don't care about those reviews. They're buying the game anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it's like... I bought it before it. the game even came out. It was, it was the highest selling game before it even came out. Well, I'm not surprised. From what I've seen, I've only played a little bit of it, 
But from what I've seen, I think it's very good. You know, I really do. I, I, I think it's it's a lot better than I expected. I had no uh, inclination to buy this game. Just because I'm just not... I mean, although I like Harry Potter, don't get me wrong, I'm certainly no Harry Potter expert, um, you know, and when they said there's a game coming, I thought it would be one of these shitty games that they put out, like, for movies and stuff, you know, and it's just average or just below average. Can I just say something that I find so funny about this game? Is this game... I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it, but... Mm. This game is a progressive's wet dream. Right. Right? And yet they boycotted it because of J.K. Rowling. And and what I mean is, this game is set in the 1800s, right? Yeah. So it's, it's quite far back. But you've got people from Uganda in it. Sure. Right? Uh, there's a Uganda student and a teacher. Yeah. The, the, the flight teacher or the broom teacher is Japanese. Sure. The grounds, the caretaker is like Korean. Sure. So it's a mix. The, you know, uh, the the beast one is is Chinese, I think, or some Asian, whatever generic Asian. Um, the the astrologer is Indian, and uh, the 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 barkeep is transgender. And I think to myself, I mean, considering that most of these people historically mm. in that time period would not be there in England. Sure. Oh, they would have had a right. few. They had a few. Uh, right. Japan was still shut off from the rest of the world. They hadn't been forced to Oh, but there was a few blacks and stuff is what I'm trying to say. They did have some Chinese and stuff, you know, but not tons in the high. No, but not, not to the extent that they're doing in this. In no, the 1800s, yeah. Agreed. Point. I Agreed. mean, yeah. for God's sakes, this game in the 1800s is more progressive than the actual modern Harry Potter stuff set in like I the 90s and early 2000s. I agree. So, of course. But again, I, again, I'm enjoying the game, so I'm not criticizing. I'm saying yeah. this is a progressive person's yeah. wet dream. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's got so much representation. It does. It. it has a lot. And I mean, you from know, what I've seen, they allow you to play as a trans person as well. And I just think to myself, you're playing like, as a trans guy or girl or whatever you well, call Well, you can. It. So you can make your character look male, but but say they're a witch or vice versa. Yeah, you, you can. can. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that's right. So my point is, but that's what progressives wet dream. And yet this is the game that they're trying to kill. And just because like, they don't like J.K. Rowling, you know? No, they did refuse to not review High on Life, mm. you know, after the Rick and Morty shit came out, the, the, the creator. <laughs> Who was way no, again, worse, wasn't he? Isn't he up on charges? That's my point. Like, whether he's guilty or not, no, none, no one turned and said, we're not going to review this game in, in yeah. light of what he's supposedly done. Like, there's tons of games that have got, like, Blizzard. Look at Blizzard. Yeah. Look at Overwatch. Uh, you know, all the... Blizzard, the, Blizzard the had the Bill Cosby room. Didn't Bill Cosby... That's what, yeah. yeah, supposedly. And yet they all reviewed Overwatch. So I just don't understand what it is about. I I can tell you what it is. I don't understand is. what it is about J.K. Rowling. I can, tell you, I can tell you what it is. Firstly, it's sort of sexism, misogyny, but it's also the fact that she has made it so big that they kind of can't touch her, and she thumbs her nose at them from a castle, which I love. Um, yeah, but it's not, it's not men, like, straight men. Oh, no, no, her. but there is a touch of that, I think. Like, they just hate the fact that she's so big and everything's been so popular and the fans turn up. And really, frankly, at the end of the day... She's entitled to her opinion. You know, like, she, she hasn't broken any laws. She has an opinion. That's it. Like, I, I, I'm really kind of shocked at how, when I saw the gaming sites, because there's been a bit of pushback on this. I, I don't think the damnation of J.K. Rowling is as complete as it was about two years ago. I think there's been some backlash the other way where people are saying, this is a bit much. I've had numerous conversations with people 
in the last two weeks who all say, look, we might not agree with her, but it's ridiculous how they're treating her. And I do think that, um, I think that's part of it. I think she, look, she thumbs her nose at it, and people saying, oh, she shouldn't get a cent. Of course she should fucking get a cent. It's the very fucking world she created, you know? Like, yeah, but can I crazy. say something? And one, you were never going. They were never going to win because it's not just J.K. Rowling that makes money. There's lots of people that make money. Oh, with yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah, right. Warner Brothers. Warner's. Warner's. <laughs> um, Universal Studio. You know, because of Universal. What is it? Universal Land or whatever, where they've got the Harry Potter the Land. Yeah. Potter World. They, I, I mean, for God's sake, I just went past Specsavers the other day, and they've got Wizarding World glasses. You know yeah. what I mean? Spectacles. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, There's so many people of make money yeah. off, off Harry Potter. You, you were, ne- that's the dumbest fucking It's like Star Wars. It's like Star Wars or something like yeah. that. It's, but it's also, become what bigger. I find fascinating is, personally, I what I think she's saying is neither wrong nor right. I think what she's saying deserves a conversation. Mm. Um, but it's the fact that no one wants to have the conversation. Because what I find fascinating is she's a hardcore feminist, right? Mm. So when she was fighting against men... Mm. She was a hero. Oh, yeah. She was lying. Go get him, girl. But because she's now, she, you know, again, whether you agree with it or not, and and I think conversations need to be had, she sees trans people as invading those women's spaces that she fought for against men. Mm. But now she's a villain for doing that. So she's a hero when she does it in one direction, Mm. fighting for women's rights. But then when she turns around and fights, as she is viewing it for women's rights, now she's a villain. Now, again... Right or wrong, I think both sides need to actually have a conversation about what each one is saying. I also I, no I agree. Is, I agree. No one is willing to talk and say, "Okay, JK, what do you mean?" It's yeah, like let's sit down the, and explain the press, what the you press wants to villainize her. The press, oh, God, though, yeah. like in all fairness, people aren't interested anymore in conversations, and the press is just trying to whip everyone into a frenzy here. I, I was just on a personal note, very, very disappointed with what I saw from the gaming press regarding this game. I, I saw yeah, sure. they were capitulating to the PC, the ultra PC brigade. And like that, I told you that person on fucking Facebook, like I just said, it's a good game. I'm enjoying it. And they tweeted at me the big spoiler. Do you think I gave a shit, Rich? Like really, honestly, like I'm an adult. Like, do you really think I cared? I was just like, you are such oh, God, a... you don't give a crap about it. No, yeah, I was just like, you're such a loser. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you really You should have said, should have said mate. Listen to my show. We spoil things all yeah, the time. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Yeah, like, I, I was, but, but like, the, the just the lameness of it is just what, what got me. And they thought they were doing a real gotcha to people. And it was like, seriously, this is baby stuff. Like, no one cares. J.K. Rowling doesn't care. Warners don't care. This game's flying off the shelves. It's It seems like a very good game to me as well, which I think at the end of the day is, is what I actually care about. It, it's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what matters to me, honestly. And, the other thing, just getting off this topic, but the last thing is this whole thing about the goblins. Have you heard? There's something about, like, everyone's, like, hating... Or not everyone. There's a tiny percentage of the internet, like, hating on J.K. Rowling, like she's the only one who ever made goblins a bad guy. I'm like, what about the fucking goblins in, um, like, Tolkien? <laughs> come, well, you know? I, well, that, that's the thing. They were trying to say it's anti-Semitic. And I think... Because they're bankers or it. something? Is that why? Well, some of them are. Not all the goblins are bankers. Some of them do other yeah. things. But, yeah, right. Um, I, I was like, I was confused as to why it was anti-Semitic anyway. But all right, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Personally, I, the reason I think the goblins are the bankers is because they built the vaults. 
So yeah. there's such a thing in this universe called goblin metal. Right. Which is supposed to be like uh, a different kind of magically enhanced, very hard to break. You know, it's, it's very strong and sturdy. So I think basically they built the vaults from goblin metal. So they are in charge of them. So they basically monitor, they there and unlock it, make sure that... But no somehow this in. was this was massively offensive oh, to someone. That's why, the, that's why the message... I think I sent you the message where I said, when a progressive sees a goblin in a game, they go, is this a Jew? Oh, yeah. It wouldn't have even occurred to me. In fact, I didn't even understand what they were talking about. Like, But I thought about... Um, like, but haven't we had a thing where people whinging about orcs being black people? Wasn't that a yeah. thing? Okay, well, but thing aren't is, orcs and goblins let, let, almost honest, the same? Goblins existed, goblins existed before most people even met a Jew. So, you know, goblins have been around since, you know... Um, They're from folklore. mythology. They're from you know, folklore, um, yeah. You know, so th- my point is they've existed long before... People yeah, I, 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 I just think we're, we're, people are stretching there to try to be offended. Like, it's like, oh, look, you know... Some, some, someone back in the day compared them to goblins because right. obviously goblins were a certain way and they viewed Jews a certain way. But that right. doesn't mean that now well, goblins Well, the Nazis had all sorts of crazy Jewish propaganda. I know that. Um, the Nazis definitely were um, obviously extremely anti-Semitic, but they had propaganda about Jewish people, very sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's very sad. And look, I just... Like that's the thing. If you really dig into it seriously, it's it's super sad. Like, and I hate it that we're trying to sort of bring it up on something that's so you know fucking lightweight. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I know Harry Potter's fun and everything, but you're trying to drag real world world sort of really intense suffering into Harry Potter, and and somehow blame J.K. Rowling. I'm just like, you are reaching here, people, to be offended. You are you are trying so hard. Like it's like ridiculous. Like. Well, my, I mean, my, my girlfriend and I have enjoyed the game so much. Mm. She's a little bit behind me, but we've started watching the movies again. Just for, yeah, yes, yeah. You know, yeah. when we don't feel like playing, we're like, oh, let's you know get some popcorn and watch one of the Harry Potter Why not? movies. So, yeah, yeah. Again, this, w- 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 the, look, this game is successful, and the what I think what goes against their point, right? When they turn around, then they say, oh, people are just buying this because they're transphobes, right? Oh, that's Which, ridiculous. By the way, I, I, still hate, I still hate the term phobe or phobia. But that's because, ridiculous. You know, like, but, you know. Anyway, but here's the thing. I would agree with you if the game was bad. If the game was sure. bad, like it was not a good game and people were going out to buy it sure. to to stick it to the trans people or to say, we don't No, No, but I'm saying that's the only way you can, you can definitively say that the person bought the game because they're transfer. Well, if the game was like such a bad game, like a little one out of 10 game. Yeah. Or, yeah. I agree. Look, because it's Harry Potter, there was a certain percentage of people who are always going to buy this game. You know, like there's a, you know, people in their twenties and, you know, early thirties and stuff who grew up with it, who are gamers, high chance they'd play. But I think what this and that's a that's a big fan base anyway. So a lot of those people in that demographic who play games would buy it on the name. Yeah. But because it's a good game, it's actually pushed past that. And I think it's really, like I'm a casual Harry Potter fan, but I'm a gamer. Mm, yeah, you know, me, yeah. I'm a gamer. So I'm like, and I like Harry Potter enough. Don't get me wrong. I've always thought yeah. it's pretty cool. I was like, yeah, I'll buy it. Fuck, I, I watched a bit of it. Um, I was around at Dion's watching, it and I was like, hey, this looks good. Uh, this looks like something I'd like. And he said to me, yeah, it's very Fable-like. And I was like, well, I love Fable. And, um, yeah, so I, I picked it up. But, what? But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think that's garbage about these so-called transphobes, like out there, trans, whatever you call them, like out there. 
Firstly, I don't think there's like that many hardcore of them that are hardcore gamers. There's certainly people who are transphobic in society, but a lot of them are fucking old people who don't play games, you know? Like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. There's... I'll be honest with you. I didn't, I'm not saying their lives are easy, but I'm really getting sick and tired of them carrying on like they have some oppressed thing that's getting marched into camps. <laughs> and, and shot in the streets. I'm really it is a hard... No, I will say this. I, you know I stand up for LGBT rights. It is a Like, it's a hard life to choose that way kind of thing. Or not even to choose it. To, to, to have those feelings and feel like you're going to... You know, you're, you're trapped well, in the wrong body and stuff. Easy, but no, no one's not. oppressing them. I know, I know but I don't want to make it seem like I'm so against it. Like, I, I, I feel no, sorry for them, you know? It annoys me. And can I be honest with you? I think that is what is is making it difficult for them to get support mm. is because of how they carry on about how oppressed they are, how, tra- you know, trans lives are dying. And it's like, what are you talking about? Are you trying to say this is like Nazi Germany and yeah. you're being rounded up into camps? I mean, back and... in Nazi Germany, they would have been. They rounded up plenty of gay people and I stuff know, but as well. We're not there. The fact, yeah. like, the fact but that Putin's right. Ra- Putin's Russia. There's there's areas no, of the world where you there, of course. But yeah. we're talking about like America, or Australia, or, or England. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sure. Yes, maybe you might get a weird look from some people going, "Oh, that's odd," but no one's like chasing you in the streets and shit. I'm sorry. I hear you. It's a sad topic because I do feel for them, and I know that I know that that life isn't as easy as the life I have. You know, and that's what I said. I never would say that it's easier than I mm. shut up and stop complaining. I'm just saying maybe don't over. Yeah, over overcook it. Kind <laughs> of maybe over exaggerate yeah, it. Yeah, maybe I, don't. I be so a lot of them are young, easy. though. Rich too. A lot of them are pretty. Well, young. that's the thing is, I yeah. think their definition of oppression is a very low bar. Like their standard yeah. for what is oppression is so low that you just accident, like not realizing, going, "Excuse me, miss," and they go, "Oh my god!" Oh like, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. No, it's I like, agree, "I'm right. sorry, I'm sorry. What, what, what have I done?" Now? Oh like, no, I know. Yeah, like the whole thing where they're like, "Lim Gallagher or No Gallagher." took an interview and he misgendered Sam Smith and it's like, oh, who the fuck cares? Like, I wish Sam Smith had fuck off personally. Like, I'm <laughs> sick of his fucking antics or their antics or whatever. Like, Actually, I you know. saw the other day that he he said he would love to be a fisher them. What? A fisher them, not a fisherman. He said, uh-huh. oh, I wouldn't mind quitting business and becoming a fisher them. And I was just like, that's so funny. It, did he say that jokingly or was that... Uh... He had a bit of a laugh, but I just thought it was so funny. Fisher them, it's like, <laughs> uh, like in all honesty, I do think at a like, I I do feel for actual people going through it. I think some of the celebrity stuff's a bit of a cry for attention at times. You know, like, but I think, but what I find so funny is that um, I I think some people confuse the 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 M A N on words and think it means man. Mm. You know, like human mm. doesn't like mean man. It mm. means a human. And when we say, we don't say policeman, we say policeman or right. fireman. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily connotate. Well, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be mean... saying fire them or anything. Like you'll never hear me <laughs> that from me. Like it's just too fucking stupid. Like, but also I like in all fairness, like some of this shit, I don't actually think it's a lot of people complaining. I, I think that there's a, there's a small section it's not all trans people either. There's a small section that are just super fucking, like, got their megaphones out constantly. And it's just like, just fucking relax, please. Like, 
And, you know, and I wish that some of the attention would be away from these kind of bullshit topics and put more of it into support, put more of it into, you know, kind of like helping out LGBT teens and stuff like that, put actual money into things to help them. Homelessness is a real problem. Like, there are real problems that could be addressed. And instead, we're sitting here arguing about did fucking Noel Gallagher misgender Sam Smith? Who the fuck cares? You know? Like... Uh, Sam Smith is he's he's got loads of fucking cash and he's milking it for all it's worth because it's his moment in the sun or their moment in the sun. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not too worried about that. But do you know what I mean? There's actual problems in the community um, that these some of these teenagers and stuff are actually struggling and like have high suicide rates and stuff. That's the kind of thing I wish we would address more. You know, and actually yeah, fund. But again, more. as I said, if we if everyone would just take a breath and discuss things maturely, sure. good and bad, things that hurt their feelings and, and things that didn't, if people were just open to discussion, sure. we could actually get somewhere, but no one is willing to talk. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Oh, well, anyway, we're not going to solve the problem tonight. We probably have, I think. But anyway, now I'm watching... <laughs> um, I've run out of caring about the topic. I've, I've done my plea for, for funding for LGBT teens, which is something I feel very strongly about. And a charity I care very strongly about. And I, I do hope listeners out there understand that underneath all the humour, I genuinely believe in that cause. And I believe that is something worth fighting for. And, um, you know, I do have, you know, quite a number of gay friends and stuff. And, you know, some of them, like, I don't know. Like, it, it's, a, it's a mixture. They, 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 honestly, people aren't just solely defined by their sexuality. And, you know, there's a whole range of... It's a very diverse group, is what I'm trying to say. So it's not one size fits all answer, is what I'm basically trying to say. I would just like to see more counselling available and more support at those young ages where it's really hard, you know, for a lot of them. And as they get older and they get their own jobs and shit like that, obviously it's a lot fucking easier. You know what I mean? Because they have cash. But sometimes, it what do you call it, like there's inequity and... You know, if you don't have the cash, it's a much harder ride through there. If you have the cash, it's a lot easier ride, basically, is what it boils down to. And that applies to a lot of things in society. But I'm telling you, man, like, some of them have a tough ride. And I just wish that could, that could be helped. Um, you know, and we could get away from the focus on the celebrity. Because I think the celebrity doesn't help anything. Because to me, the celebrities these days, they're like cartoon characters. You know what I mean? Well, Actually, my girlfriend and I were having this discussion where we were having a laugh because um, I honestly think the problem with celebrities, right? A lot of celebrities is that I think that um, hopeless. <laughs> no, no. Well, yes, but I think that they think that um, what happens in the movies is a depiction of real life, right? So if they play a character who is in a bar and you got two sexist or two racist or a couple of racists and they mouthing off in the bar and they, mm. you know, and they go, well, that's what it's like, you know, in the real world. <laughs> You've just got the bars full of racist people because the writer wouldn't put that in there if that wasn't real life. And it's like, I don't think they realize that that's just like a storytelling tool that yeah. is to show something because you need to convey the, the like this Drama. character has yeah. a problem with sexist men or or, or racist you know whatever whatever mm. it's just a storytelling tool but i think these people think that the writers what they've written is, is like it's real it's true 
this is truth. What I'm what I'm portraying here, yeah, the writers. Yeah, what, what really a, truth. and also and I think some well. of them inhabit the roles a little bit too much, and uh, maybe. But I, yeah. I, I had a laugh because I, I have a feeling like they believe that the shit that gets written in their movies, like mm. how they think people talk, or how your average, you know, you know, uh, farmer or whatever talks is. Well, that's what it's like in the movies. I know what it's, it's just yeah, like I that know in what my it's movies. Like, yeah. like, no. No, really I, I tend to agree with you. I think that like that's, to be honest uh, with you, I've been to so many places. In fact, I just a couple of weeks ago, me and me and the girl and a couple of friends, we went to a whiskey bar. Yeah, and you know what? There wasn't a single fight that broke out there because someone was being racist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what a disappointment! Hollywood lied. To I know us. the movies lied yeah. to me. If you walk yeah. into a bar. There should be some, like, you know, guys screaming yeah. sexist or homophobic or, or racist Something remarks. Something like that. Yeah, no, I know. It's a little bit disappointing. Um, yeah. Uh, now, I am watching... Are you watching the show Vox Machina? I, I'm Keep up to... asking me this and I'll tell you I have no interest in it. Well, you no, know, but let me tell you this. I'm in the second season now. It's a pretty good fantasy show and you're Mr. fucking anime. So, you know, it's animation. It's... No. It's a bit too. You see, you enjoy it because it's it's very like Rick and Morty type of humor. It's, it's very, not as extreme as Rick and Morty. I, it's not as extreme, but it's in that vein. It's it's almost comical. It. it is a bit comical. Um, also, can I say this? There are weird moments where the animation gets really bad. Um, they obviously have to cut costs. The animation in general is solid. It's better than the superhero animation, which has been so poor. But then they'll do these like dragons and they sort of do a sort of 3D kind of, it's the only way I can use to describe it, like the 3D computer graphic dragon. It looks like something out of the 90s. And it throws me because it's it's a different style of animation to the main look of the show. It's weird. You can just kind of tell, yeah, they've obviously got a kind of cut rate to do the dragon. And it, it, it takes me out of the show a little bit. You know what I mean? Because because the animation style changes, and there's little things like that that could be tweaked and improved. And yes, I agree. The comedy is there. It's nowhere near as severe as Rick and Rick and Morty is actually fairly at times quite hardcore in terms of mainstream television comedy. Like Rick and Morty does take it fairly far. This doesn't. There's there's a little bit of sort of sex jokes, I guess. You like a bit of. Bo- Bawdy humour is the only... I'm sounding like someone from the 1900s. But, you know, like, there's a little bit... There's language. There's a little bit of, like, sex humour and a bit of swearing. But it's not that extreme. It's nowhere near Rick and Morty extreme. It's actually got a decent fantasy storyline underneath it as well. That's why I'm saying you might actually like it. It's not actually that bad. The the first episode, you think, oh, this is going to be intolerable. And but then you watch it and you're like, oh, it's not too bad actually. You know, like I could picture, um, you know how it's the critical role guys and, and gals. Um, to me, I I thought they'd be a lot more annoying. You can certainly see they're annoying in in terms of some of the characters, but I thought it would be worse. You know what I mean? Than than what I than what it is. It's it's. I honestly think, Rich, you might actually enjoy it. I really do believe that. Have you checked it out at all? Every every snippet <laughs> and trailer I've seen has made me roll my eyes. So, right. No. Okay. Jesus. Well, I, I thought you'd be proud of me because it's animation. I watched the whole first season. I'm up to the second season. Look, I do wish it was darker and more adult and less humorous. I do. Like, I'm like, man, if only I could have this level of animation in like a sort of more sort of more generic and serious D&D adventure, yeah, I'd be happy. I don't have an issue with it being humorous. I just have an issue with it not being funny. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, it's not that funny. Yeah, yeah, Rick and Morty is funny, you know, like, but this is not funny. It thinks it's funny. Like, the, the so-called jokes, they're just bawdy humour. It's just, like, tavern humour. It's just, like, joking about how much a character has sex or something like that. Like, it's it, it's not funny. It's not, like, a proper joke, if you know what I mean. Like, it's not, like, a setup. You're watching Seinfeld, there's a setup, there's a payoff, you know. Um they're not. It's not that kind of humor. It's it's not even like Deadpool humor. It's just they think they're being funny because they're wise cracking rich, but they're not really, mm. you know. So yeah, I I agree with you. It's not actually like that's the that's the kind of amuse. That's the irony I think when oh these guys are so funny like and they're just no holds barred and you listen to them and you're like they're not actually that funny. They think that's they're funny. They're laughing at their own jokes. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're you know. In game, they're funny, but like, I saw I saw a clip right where it's like they were doing a read, right? So it was the animation, and there was them like sitting together. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the smirks they had on their faces. Sure. Yeah. And they were delivering the lines and whatever, and I just thought to myself, mm. I just want to smack you all in the face. Like, I'm sorry. Like, oh yeah, I I would anticipate that that would be a very annoying bunch of people. Um. And very high on their own because people unfortunately worship them. Like, they oh, don't get me wrong, yeah. they are talented voice actors, right? Yeah. They are talented voice actors. Uh, they have been in some of the best things you've ever played or watched, right? Mm. Problem is, is I just don't think that they're very good writers. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like this is their little sort of passion project and all that, and that's fine. I oh, cool, bro. You do you. If good, good on you. You know, you do it. But if doesn't mean I have to like it. No, doesn't no, no, mean that no. Because you're doing something that brings you joy, that it brings me joy, and it doesn't. It's I. It, it doesn't feel well written. It doesn't feel. Um, you know. Uh, yes, maybe the best thing about it is that the voice acting is good because they're professional voice actors. But as I said, every snippet I've watched from it, I've never found it funny. I've groaned. Yeah. Um, I've just gone, this looks irritating. So, so. it's not for you, basically, Rich. So I, no. I guess I'm, I've really tried to make you watch this fucking show. You have, because you've literally asked me like four I, shows in a row. I will I say that, well, I will say, the only thing I'll say is this, we are starved, unless I'm missing something, I feel like I'm starved of fantasy animation, of this style that I want, and this is close-ish to what I want. It's not perfect, but, I, but that's part of it as well. Like, I would love a D&D animated cartoon now. You know, and this is as close as I've got. And I wish they wouldn't do the humour so much because I feel it detracts from the story, but that's just my personal take. Now, I do have a show. Dion, little Dion, really came to the party this week. He lent me his copy of Elden Ring that I'm playing because my copy's in storage. He has the Batman mug he gave me. So he's, he's put himself a couple of notches there. And then he recommended this show to me, Mythic Quest. Have you heard of this show, Rich? Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest. It's. I'll, I'll describe it. It's by one of the makers of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Not a show that I watch, but I know is highly regarded. Anyway. Oh, I know. I think I know what you're talking about. It, uh, it's a, he, Yeah, it's a, about his game. Yes. So, so there's they a game. game developers of like yes. an MMO or an yes. online game. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing trailers for it and again droning and rolling it's, my No, dude, it's actually good. Like, so I'm, I've watched three episodes and honestly, it, it was hilarious because Dion was making some jokes and he, and I said, what's this show? And it's on Apple TV, which I don't have. So I downloaded them. So, you know, sue me. Um, but anyway, like there, it's like, it's an MMO called Mythic Quest 
the graphics is really good when you see the thing, and it's kind of a workplace comedy around that. It's got one of the guys from Community that I want to say, I don't even know what his race was. Like, uh, he was like the Asian slash Indian um, guy in Community. You know the guy? He was big pals with Donald Glover. Yeah, yeah, the guy that looks like he's like... Um, you know the guy. Uh, Bangladeshian or... Yeah, Indian. yes, yeah. So that guy's in it. He's like one of the accountants... Uh, the lead guy is Rob someone. I know he's like one of Ryan Reynolds' buddies. Um, he's got like a beard. Um, it's got a good cast. There's an older guy who's like an old sci-fi writer, washed-up sci-fi writer who does the story. He's hilarious. Like it's it's a decent show. I, I'm actually I, – I feel like I found a show due to Dion that I'm like, yeah, this is my kind of cup of tea. Um, it's not the, it's not the most funny thing of all time. Like they're not doing anything that like a Big Bang hasn't done, you know, um, joking around that kind of thing. But I think the setting of it, like I must admit, I'm a sucker for a sitcom. I'll watch a fairly mediocre sitcom if it's got a few laughs. And this for me, it's probably a seven, seven and a half on a good day. I'm enjoying it, Rich. I think you need to get involved, man. It's it's on its third season. Maybe it's time to hop on by the bandwagon. Come on, Rich. You know what were you groaning about? Like, what was what was so groan worthy on this show? Uh, just again, um, I guess my problem is, and why I don't watch too many comedies is, I my bar is far too high for comedy. Really, you got to yeah. set it low, man. I set my bar low. I didn't set it. It's just where it's always been. <laughs> like, I, I, as I said, I when this came out, I watched like the trailers for it because again, I love MMOs and yeah, that's what I'm trailers. thinking. That's what I thought. Yeah, you love all this kind of but shit. I've watched trailers and behind the scenes stuff, and I've just gone, "This looks awful." It's not that bad. It's not that good, <laughs> but it's not that bad. It's not awful. Like I'm hope. Like, oh, there was something I really liked. Okay, so this just I'll give you. A, I mean, fuck it. You know, the so-called spoiler. So in the in the game Mythic Quest, okay, um, they've got this character like the Master Man, and he goes around and he's he's giving loot and he's taking loot and he's, and he's just randomly popping up in people's games. And so there's been this whole thing online, you know, speculation of who the the Masked Man is, and like they're really building it up, and like there's a lot of hype. And, and then there's a scene with the creator and the writer guy and they've got nothing they've got no idea they've just had this character in the game he's gotten all this like you know he's gone viral i guess is how you'd say it and they've got to come up with a um a backstory and they just take the backstory from star wars now as i say it doesn't sound like that it's that hilarious but i did think it was funny because we were doing a legion outpost today and there's some golden legionnaire that jeff johns put in there and i said how funny would it be if like there's all this speculation over who the golden legionnaire is I said, how funny would it be if jeff johns has no idea you know because sometimes a writer will just put something out there you know it, it happens you put something out there and you don't think too much about it and yes it can be developed later but like if speculation grows up around this character or something you know it can be funny if the writer themselves and i think it happens in colleagues doesn't have much of an idea. You know, they just put kind of, a, not a red herring, but a bit of a misdirect, and then suddenly that character blows up in popularity um, on their own. So I'm trying to sell this show to you, Rich. It's very hard, man. Like, it's falling on deaf ears, I feel. Yeah, it is. Jesus. <laughs> Rich, but hey, maybe you've, maybe you've convinced some listeners out there to give it a go. Yeah, check it out. Like, I look, Dion suggested it to me, and 
when I say a sitcom that's humorous, if you ever watched the one that had, oh, it was about Superstore. Did you ever see this? Michelle and I watched almost every episode. It had the chick from, um, uh, God, she was like in, oh, fuck. She was in, forgetting what, what she was in. I, I, I'm actually forgetting her entire name, but she was in something years ago. She was reasonably popular. Um, you'll probably know the actress's name. We watched every episode until the chick left. It was decent. Like, you could watch this show. It was funny enough. Like, it was based in a, um, kind of like where you were, Rich, like a, like a sort of Walmart, yeah? Like, it, it wasn't Walmart. It was called Superstore, but it was a comedy about Superstore, a workplace comedy. This is kind of like that, but at an online gaming company, yeah? Mm-hmm. And... Also, like Superstore, it's not like going to knock Faulty Towers out of the all-time comedy list, but it's going to like put bums on seats for a while. You know what I'm trying to say? So, if you don't go in expecting too much, you'll probably enjoy it. Is, is what I'm trying to say to you, Rich. I'm trying to convert <laughs> you to this. I'm trying to. Okay, I've yeah, got. Yeah, when you basically say to me, "Listen, have no standards going <laughs> into it, and you'll enjoy it." That's not a selling point. Okay, man. I've like... got the I've got the woman's name who is in Superstore. America Ferreira. Okay, she was like in um, the Babysitters Club or something like that. She what was she? Never in? heard of her. Oh, she, really? She she's pretty popular. She was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. She was in Superstore. She was in The Good Wife for four episodes. She was in some movie. Um, there was something she was in that was big when she was young. Yes, she was in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants when she was young. There you go. That's what she was in. I knew she was in something when she was young. And so she's been around since then, kicking around Hollywood since then. And cool. Everything you've mentioned, I've never watched. So, Well, fuck. You know, and she, it's over now. So there's no point hopping on Superstore. It's dead. But I think, Rich, you do yourself a favour oh, and watch no. Mythic Quest. Do yourself a favour and watch Mythic Quest, Rich. It, gee, I'd love if you came back to me. This has never happened. You go, Dave... You know, wow! You, you, I watch this Mythic Quest. It's the funniest show of all time. It's better than Seinfeld. You know, oh, it's it, mash, cheers, eat your heart out. <laughs> fucking Mythic Quest, this middling Apple TV show that nobody has heard of apart from Dion. <laughs> okay, but okay, here's the problem, Dave. When I recommend something to you, yeah, right, yeah, I go, Dave. You have to read it. It's great. It's fantastic, mate. Like, you don't know what you're missing. It's really good. When you recommend something to me, it's like, it's not that great, but if you just switch your brain off or if you don't go in there with too high expectations, I think you'll enjoy it. And it's like, that's not even the same. That's not even the same ballpark. That's often how I feel. That's often how I feel. I'm often watching stuff and I, I will watch, if it's not The Fugitive, I sometimes will be listening to music and I'll think, do I even like this at all? <laughs> like, 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 what am I doing with my life? Um, yeah, no, I def, I definitely do that sometimes. I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm sitting there watching a so-called comedy, and I'm like, I'm not laughing, I'm not really enjoying it. Like, should I just turn off? But anyway, so anyway, whatever. I've got a fucking suggestion, um, listeners. If you watch Mythic Quest, a show I never heard of until two days ago. Check it out and tell me what you think. Because Dion is my only person here who's recommended it. And he recommended it because he was teasing me, saying that someone I was talking to was like the old writer. And I was just like, uh, he, he, it was funny. And then he was like, 
and then I checked it out, and, you know, anyway. Now, Secrets of Blackmore, um, this was a documentary that I actually paid hard, cold cash for, and it's all about the creation of D&D. Really interesting, actually, Rich. Like, so, I don't know how much you know about D&D, but, like, Gary Gygax is generally considered the creator of D&D. He was certainly the figurehead. Uh, have you heard the name before? He was kind of the guy who... Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's the, he's the Stan Lee of d Exactly, exactly. He, yes, he very much is. Now, anyway, so I, even as a teenager, 12-year-old, I knew who Gary Gygax was. This documentary is so interesting. It goes into Dave Armisen and his player group and friends who really developed the whole... They created role-playing from out of wargaming that they actually it's so it's a really good documentary um and it goes into how they sort of morphed out of like the napoleonic battles um from back in the day mm-hmm. and started introducing yeah, yeah, yeah. concepts yeah. yeah started introducing concepts that led to role playing that led to dungeon crawls and Gary Gygax is heavily involved as it transitions so it's not that Gary Gygax had nothing to do with it it's that this other guy did as well. And um, unfortunately, it's not really covered in this. This is really about the creation of it. Um, you don't get the later side of the story. Unfortunately, what then happened was once they went to a business and Gary started the business, he did bring Dave Armisen in, but they you know, they fell apart. They lawsuits, the, whole, the sad story. We've all heard of it before. Um, and, you know, it all wound up in court basically. But... It was such an... This documentary isn't about that, really. It's, this is just talking about, here's how this started. And here are all the people who still play these games. And Blackmore was the campaign setting. And it's really interesting. And I guess I... Until I thought of it, I, I guess because I, I, I... You know, 80s is when I got switched on to it all. It was all fucking all systems go. But this is from, like, the very early 70s. Um, like we're talking like very late sixties that starts into the very early seventies. And it's such a fertile time period and these people who are who are designing all this, they're really clever people. Like um and you do get the feeling, like with Stan Lee, that one guy got famous. You know what I mean? And on the sort of bodies of others kind of thing and you know, and again, Gary Gygas lost control of his own company in the mid eighties anyway. Um so it's a it's a weird story in a in a way when you think of it. But like like all things, we've we've talked about it before on the show, Rich. Like so many of these sort of startup small businesses that become huge, it's it, it's often a sad ending for quite a lot of people in, in in the creation. Like it's rare that everyone winds up all happy just counting their money, isn't it? Life. It is. It it is life. Like I mean, it's it's just like. It gets too big. But it's so interesting because I, I bought this. So this is just about that. This is not about the business shenanigans that went on. This is about the role-playing and the creation of role-playing, and it's quite detailed and very interesting. So I recommend Secrets of Blackmore. But I also bought a book um, that oh God by John Peter Peters, I think his name is, uh, Peterson, and it's all about the history of D&D and the business dealings and stuff, which I think will be a very interesting read, which I'm going to read. Um, but, you know, there, there were things like that happened that when they created D&D, Dungeons & Dragons, and it was popular, we're talking 70s, okay, and Gary Gygax, 
um, uh, was, you know, Dave Armisen, who was involved in the creation of the role-playing and blah, 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 but there's a lot of question marks over how much of the rules he influenced because he wasn't a rules guy. And um, so he was guaranteed a certain percentage of the, of the cover price of D&D. Anyway, but then they changed D&D as the 70s went on to late 70s to advanced Dungeons & Dragons and didn't want to pay him the cut, which is why it wound up in court, because he was saying, well, it's the same game, you know, basically. Like, the basics of the game are the same. And he did, I think, win in court, like, et cetera, et cetera. And he was then, they had a settlement where he was given a certain percentage for the for all the D&D products, I think, until, you know, Wizards bought it. And I think that Wizards then, when they bought it, I think they settled with each of them, um, which is interesting. But anyway, so it's 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 a it's an interesting kind of, like, backstory to the whole thing. But if you, I'm kind of, I, I, I am interested in the business dealings, but this is more about the actual the player group and what they were creating back in the very early 70s, like 1970, 71. And I guess they were creating, Rich, a whole new mode of gaming, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I'm all expanding. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's heavily based in wargaming. Um, and yeah, we, which is something yeah. Peter Cushing used to do because we've discussed this on the, yeah. on the show before. But yeah, yeah. So he used to do what they call war games and then... Uh, but war games was a bit more obviously nowhere near the sort of rules or levels of D and D and tabletop gaming. It was just more like you know you know drawing up a battle and and using it a bit more realistically. But uh, yeah, I mean it it is fascinating that sort of stuff because I've watched a few like other documentaries on like tabletop and mm. more just like um, the construction of it all. You know, like manufacturing all that sort of stuff and all that. Uh, but no, I mean, look, they basically, they, they built a whole new, they basically tokenized tabletop mm. gaming. Yeah. They took something that was existing there and created something that like literally everyone uses now. You know what I mean? Like mm. o- o- almost every tabletop game can probably draw his lineage back to, back to that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and it is. And like, it was born in those in those days, in those misty days, man, like, you know, and they, they were quite brilliant too. Like they were, a lot of them were like engineers and stuff and like literally like almost astrophysicists and stuff. Like they were pretty intelligent sort of people gathered around the the table. And like they had the first woman who'd ever played in the, in the games as well and stuff. And like, it was interesting, I, I felt anyway, like because I just felt like, you know, it was these people are still alive. Like I'm glad their stories got on tape, sort of before they pass away, because you know, you know, they're sort of legends, really. And and like think of all the games and, and what they say is Dungeons and Dragons couldn't have happened without either of them. Like you take Gary Gygax out, it wouldn't have happened. You take Dave Armisen out, it wouldn't have happened. It'd become D and D. It might have become something else, definitely, because Gary Gygax had his own player group up. I want to say in Lake Geneva, whereas they were in the Twin Cities. Now my grasp on uh, U.S. you know geography is not great, but I believe they're separated by like six to eight hours in a car. You know, and it, so it was a melding of the two. Like it was a really interesting sort of collaboration and stuff like that. It's a shame that it wound up in court. You know, I sometimes wish that like that wouldn't happen so often. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm always like, man, like how much did it break down? that you guys couldn't mediate it, you know? 
Like, if it's too guy, like, do, do you know what I mean, Rich? Like, I'm often, like, a bit like, I, I guess it must, must be money. It just must be cash. One feels the other guy's getting too much. That's basically it. Or one feels he's putting in more than the other guy and getting the same. I think that's the part of it as well. They don't want to split it 50-50. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I remember, I always remember, I was so naive when I asked this question. It was like when I first got into the Beatles. i never forget it. And I was like 12. And I was just like, the Beatles are the best. The Beatles are the best. Like, it was the first band I ever liked. So I was just like, they're the best band ever. Like, forget about it, everyone else. And then I was like listening to them. And I, I like, so I started off, at the start and then I'm getting you know towards the end with the albums and then it's like they've broken up and I'm like to my mum I'm like I don't understand why the Beatles broke up <laughs> like why aren't they still together and she's like I think it was just money and I'm just like I just couldn't get my head around it as a kid you know what I mean I mean that was a factor but yes yeah 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 like as an adult you more understand why? Why? As an adult, you know, you do understand that they break apart as well because there's a desire to go their own way as well. Like, you know... Well, you... That's, yeah, I mean, if you take um, three, argue, you know, well, four, arguably three, super creative people and they all want to take the band their own direction, of course there's going to be problems. Sure. Now, some people might be willing to... Uh, compromise if you know because mm. they're making so much money they're so popular yeah but i think for them they were just so they especially two of them were so stubborn mm. that there was no ways that they could basically yeah compromise and kind of the other two well um george was also talented also contributed but i think sure. george may have gone along yeah 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 if if the other two did, but then, you know, because, I mean, let's be honest, I think the only one who never really has much to say or even people think about is Ringo. <laughs> yeah, I think Ringo would have been happy to keep drumming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but George, George, I think he's like, oh, I could go my way, but you know what? I, I'm also happy to, yeah. this is still a good outlet. But the other two were just, you know, and you know what? It, it, it's a fact where, like, even the money couldn't keep them together. Mm. Like, um, and, and again, there could be an argument as to maybe like who wanted more money, or whatever. But my point is, they were making so much money. Like, let's mm. be honest, the Beatles were the fucking biggest thing. Yeah, you know, on on the planet, they, they were raking in the money. But that money was not enough for them to set aside uh, their artistic. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I I think there's yeah, money is kind of a catch-all for I think it, it's it's a symptom of a bigger problem with the Beatles. I think the Beatles were destined to sort of fall apart and by a certain point. I think they just grow in so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know it, to be fair, it's why a lot of... It, it, it's why usually the bands... The bands that stick together the longest, right? Mm. It's either that, like, they, they're very simpatico or it's only one of them really driving yeah. the music and the others are just sort well, of... Well, they say with the Stones, Mick Jagger's the one who's kept them together because he's, he's, well, yeah. he's, the, he's the business guy and he's just managed to keep them going, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's very if if you got like four, I'm just gonna say four. If you got four talented guys, mm. and each one of them wants to sort of pursue different type of music or mm. uh, whatever, there's no way you're gonna keep them together. Like, yeah, no, it's hard. It. I agree, it's hard. I I always think of the Turtles guys because they are the ultimate like rags to riches, and I'm not sure if they ever sued each other, but certainly their friendship was destroyed by the end of the Turtles. Oh. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, they are on speaking terms again now, but like, 
I I do think with them, a lot of the money came in. It was just so much money, what, and they just were totally unprepared for it. You know. Yeah, but also the problem was is I think one of them was willing to compromise on a lot of things, and the other one wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one wanted their vision to be, you know what I mean, like no compromise. This is yeah how the turtles must be. And the other one was more willing to be like, hey, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to changes, you know, yeah, how well, much money we're talking. Well, Peter Laird stayed involved with the Turtles until the Nickelodeon sale. And now he's retired because he's like, he got yeah. his huge payout. And well, I was implying that he's the go with the flow. He must be. To... And, and, you know, have input, but also be willing to take notes and, you know, do what it, and ride the waves a bit more. I think he was very much a ride the waves guy. Like he understood that there'd be a huge there was a huge spike and then there was a trough and then they kind of came back and, you know, he, he made an interesting comment. He said, before I sold it, or you know, before he sold it, like in the end to Nickelodeon, he said, we had two offers. One, you know, during the years was so obscenely high that you, you, you know what I mean? Like it was crazy money. And, and then he got another offer, like at a certain trough in the turtles, it was so low that there was no point in even considering it. And in the end, they got a good number, but like it was all for him. It was all about write it out, write it out, because he's earning money that whole time that it's staying on the air. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, that's all that what stuff. I mean. Willing to willing to compromise, willing to yeah, yeah. Um, Interesting to, to go with the flow. Interesting. Now, I have you heard of this movie, um, Rich? Now, this movie may be one of the worst three movies in history. It's called Sixty Five with Adam Driver. Uh, well, it's, I know it's the new Adam Driver movie that's. Coming out? I thought I thought it seemed like a really good. Um, I'm going to read it out. So I I, I I saw it at King's Comics today. After a catastrophic crash on an unknown planet, pilot Mills, played by Adam Driver, discovers he is stranded on Earth 65 million years ago. Now with only one uh, now with only one chance at rescue. Mills and the only other survivor, Koa, must make their way across unknown terrain, riddled with dangerous prehistoric creatures in an epic fight to survive. I think that sounds cool. Um, so anyway, it's just coming uh, out. It does, but Jesus Christ, did they need what? a better name? Yeah, 65's not great, is it? No, I agree, it's terrible. It's a stupid thing. I was like, why the fuck is this thing called 65? It's not very catchy. Like, Well, considering it's a pretty catchy um, premise, I would have thought they could do a better title than that. You know, like... Yeah, you've got to have something with Jurassic in it or something. Yeah, something signaling it. It's like when the Brave and the Bold movie comes out. I'm sure it's going to be called Batman, the Brave and the Bold. You need to dumb it down for the casual, like, or what's showing at the movies person, you know? Who's oh, the... my God. They should have asked Capcom if they could uh, buy uh, the, the the name Dino Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a, that's that would have been a much really good, that would have been much better catchy name than sixty five. <laughs> sixty five is terrible. I, I almost can't believe that that's the best they could do. Do you think the movie will be any good, Rich? Uh it'll probably be adequate. Yeah, adequate. Yeah, I'm not gonna obviously go to the cinema to watch it, um, frankly, but I I will watch it on streaming when it comes out. I I don't mind a little bit of Adam Driver actually. I I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan, but I I think he's decent. You know, decent actor. Um, I think yeah, I got no, I got no issues with him as an actor. Yeah, yeah, I, like out of those crappy sequels, I thought he tried his hardest in what he little the scraps he had. You know what I mean? Like he didn't have a lot mm. to work with. Uh now Dungeons and Dragons: Wizards of the Coast comes up. We've kind of got two items that are kind of linked. This is an old story from a few weeks ago, but uh, Kyle Brink, I believe the guy's name is, he's one of the heads 
at Wizards of the Coast, he made the comment they can't get rid of white guys fast enough. And I was just like, really? Well, like... well he said guys like him, which he meant right. white guys. Yeah. yeah. And, but like, it, it's so ridiculous, firstly, because that's a huge, huge portion of, like, your player base. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and I think he was also trying to say, like, hilariously, like, not to, um, how can I say, uh, outside of the creative process too, like the creators shouldn't be white. And it's just like, oh my God, really? So like, you, you, I notice you're not stepping down, Kyle, when you're making these comments. Um, I, I just think it's just so, it's almost petty to me. You know, like, it's like, can't you focus on the fucking game and, you know, trying to get the good shit out there? Now, anyway, so he made those comments a few weeks ago, but now he's actually... They need to get this guy off the mic. You know, you know when one guy's doing all the talking, he was mm-hmm. talking about the Dark Sun setting, which I never played. Yeah, someone someone asked him if they were going to because you know they've been revamping and yeah. re-releasing a lot of stuff, and so someone asked him if there was any plans for the Dark Sun. Yes, now Dark Sun, I remember it. It was kind of like a, a post-apocalyptic slash apocalyptic desert world. Uh, resources were very scarce, um, moral ambiguity, um, uh, by, by which I think there was a lot of slavery in the game, um, is what I think he's referring to. The whole game, from what I remember, it was all very John Carter of Mars Would you say it's dark? It's like a dark <laughs> sun, Rich. Um, I think the sun was dying or something. Like, the whole thing, it's very Mad Maxy. You know what I mean? Like, Mad Max in the, like, Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you had to mix Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and John Carter of Mars, which is actually a really good franchise, mix the two of them up, um, you're kind of getting towards what Dark Sun was. It was very desert setting as well. It was all very like it was all very bleak. Anyway, so they and I never played it, but I do recall it was a big thing for for five minutes. Anyway, so they asked Kyle Brink, fresh off, we should get rid of the white guys, Rich. This was his previous interview. He said here. I'll be frank here, Kyle says. The dark sun setting is problematic in a lot of ways. And that's the main reason we haven't come back to it. We know it's got a huge fan following, and we have standards today that make it extremely hard to be true to the source material and also meet our ethical and inclusion standards. We know there's a lot of love out there for it, and God, would lo- we would love to make those people happy. And also, we've got to be responsible. So pathetic. Um and it is pathetic, but anyway, he it probably isn't a surprise to many who followed Dungeons & Dragons. I'm not surprised by this cowardice, especially as the game tries to move past certain problematic content found in past editions. While Dark Sun was a popular setting in both 2nd edition and 4th edition, it's post-apocalyptic tone-rich. Use of certain fantasy archetypes and stereotypes, and its heavy use of slavery as a symbol of oppression would likely need to be updated due to evolving views on how oppressive systems are depicted in games. Like, fuck off. Like, really, honestly. Like, what... So they're saying they had slavery showing how oppressive slavery was. Okay. Yes, it was. I mean, the Roman Empire was fucking based around slavery. So are most empires. But this is the problem with the world, Dave, is... we, We can't have anything today if it reminds us about the bad things from the past. I, I, yeah, but I'm like, it's like, yeah. like, oh my god, no, we can't. How can we? How can we have slavery in the game? Don't you know that that there's real slaves 
you know, that there was, you know, a hundred years ago, yes. two hundred years ago, yes, America had slaves. Don't you know there's still slavery right now? We can't put it in the game. Think of the children. But yeah, but like in general, and I'm saying in general, like when I think of the Red Wizards of Fay who had slaves from memory, they were the bad guys. They were the baddies. They weren't the good guys. Um, I, I'm like, I don't quite understand. Like, I, I sort of hate the way he's saying it. Like, we love to return to it. You could return to it. Like, it's not like they couldn't. They own it. But like, uh, our, our ethical and inclusion. And so you, you're taking. You, you're sort of censoring. And this is where I kind of hate that we've got there. We're censoring the game. And how it was based on certain things, and like, and literally, there was plenty of slavery in the ancient world. Like, it was fucking all over the shop. Like, fucking Vikings. A lot of the ancient world had slaves of many different cultures. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was but, commonplace. But can I just say something? Like, how how honestly condescending mm. towards like like either black people or Asian people or whatever race you're trying to, minority you're trying to protect, right? To say to them, you you can't handle this stuff. Like, if we were to put this in there, it, it would shatter you. What, like, like they're going to have some sort of racial we, memory or something? Yeah, that... We need to protect you because, you know, there's a chance that you, what, your ancestors or your, you know, great-great-grandfather, whatever, could have been a slave, and we we just can't put that on you. Like you, your mind is too fragile. You, mm. you know what I mean. It, it will just break you if if we put that in the game. Like African condescending, it's super condescending to say that you can't put it in because it's fucked. You know, it's going to shook people. Like I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Like well, I think it's ridiculous, it, but it's it's the same vein of thought where they were like, we can't have them fighting orcs. You know, like the orcs. Think of the orcs. <laughs> like you think of the fucking imaginary orcs and apparently they reminded someone of black people and like you know and i was like really okay like well I, I don't know that's why i said i'm sorry but I, honestly like the like i know there are some like you know old hardcore racists in the world but sure. i think a majority of the racists today are the progressives because they view everything through race Right. Yeah. So if we, if because a few hundred years ago, black people were running around in loincloths in Africa and spears, you, you now go, well, orcs are savages running around in spears, so they must mean black people. It's mm. like, are you serious? Like, I don't even think a racist person thought that. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even think an actual racist person went, aha, yeah, damn orcs. Just like the black people, I, I like, think they did. You did it, like. like when when good did this God, happen? How? Did Tolkien get this at the time, or was this more recent? Like, is this because I never knew no, about this? No, this is more recent, and okay. it has mainly been at at D and D. Right. It just. I, well, you got to remember, yeah. Tolkien is just books and 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 yeah. the, and the movies, but D and D is like it's, it's, an, it's an interactive game. So it's not quite the same. So that, that's why they, they singled out D&D, because it's an active game with new content. I, I, so they what can, I they hate is the way that 
our wizards have buckled so badly and it's just you know what it reminds me of rich it reminds me if you look at the marvel talent pool at marvel comics and some of these people writing these comics you just think oh my god like you've got such a losing hand you know what i mean like i know there's some good creators there but like sometimes you're like oh my lord we're never gonna get a good comic out of this person and we don't and you, you you just think back and think, oh my god, it's it's such a weak deck compared to what they used to have, and that's how I feel with some of the people who must be working at fucking Wizards of the Coast. Like, take, take you know these people we're having on the show, yeah, and I'm not dragging them into the argument, but I'm just saying legends like Ed Greenwood, Zeb Cook, just to name two fucking guys. You know, they were pillars of 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 the world building and pillars of it all. And you replace them, and you, yeah, and you bring in fucking Kyle Brink, who wants to get rid of all the white guys and can't handle Dark Sun, you know. Which was, by the way, not that long ago that it was out, you know, like it was probably ten years ago. And I'm just like, I I used to make fun of go woke, go broke, but I'm actually thinking, actually, there is some truth to that saying, you know, in some settings, like you, I think they are, especially coming fresh off the OGL controversy. I think that it's pandering now and they're losing more than they're gaining. And I think at the end of the day in business, that's a really bad move. If you're losing more people than you are gaining with these shitty fucking policies, uh, what's the point, really? Yeah, honestly, I've been rethinking that a lot. And uh, I wonder if we're wrong about the um, go work, go broke saying. Yeah. I wonder if one of the reasons why they're going woke is because they're financially struggling already. Sure. And so they're like, oh, yeah. oh God, we need to try and attract new customers, so let's just go super woke. But D&D has never been more popular. D&D has never been more popular than it is right now. Like, right now, D&D, fifth Well, edition. that's a different one. That, okay, so more the, the going woke, I think, is more for just for corporations that want to sell shit, like, mm. you know... Products and all that. The problem with something like D and D is uh, is kind of being infiltrated by mm. people who want to change the hobby. Like, you know, and and it's so weird to me because I, if you spoke to me twenty years ago, mm. like I would be so anti gatekeeping. Mm. Like I'd be like, no man, I want everyone to read comics or play the games that I play and all that sort of stuff. But now where I see like the people that have gotten into D and D who have gotten positions in D and D and and the people playing how they how they want to change it to make it so unrecognizable, mm. I just go, I don't know, maybe maybe gatekeeping isn't such a bad thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, someone needs to get rid of this guy because this guy's saying all the wrong stuff. He he put his foot in it with OGL. He said white guys can't get out fast enough, which they tried to then cover up and like, oh, you didn't really hear what he said. You know, we heard what he said. And and now he's like going on about how he can't handle Dark Sun. Well, fuck off then. You know, I actually think Hasbro might need to step in and say, you and we need to reshuffle the deck here because we've got a bunch of losers on staff. You know, we've got a, lo- we've got a bunch of lost leaders and uh, we need to... We're, we're losing some audience here. And, you know, I just don't think... I, I just think it's weird and, and crazy. And I just hate that whole, uh, you know, it's kind of like I, I'm really against that whole, uh, it's very 1984, like change the truth kind of thing. Like the truth isn't we print it to be 
kind of thing. And, you know, you were all such terrible racists, Rich, for playing D&D back in the 80s. And I'm like, we were playing the fucking products you put out. You know what I mean? Like, so stop trying to be so high and mighty about well, it all. Can I, that's the thing that I find so funny about them saying, like, like, like oh, my God, you know, this, oh, it's always been a racist game or, or this was racist <laughs> in the past. And I'm like, it's so funny because, let's be honest, as nerds, they would be so happy with any person wanting to play. It wouldn't matter whether it was a girl, black guy, Asian yeah. kid. hundred oh, percent, yeah. Indian kid, whatever. They'd be like, what, you want to play D&D? Fuck yeah. Like, yeah, yeah it, was always, was no, it was always a, it was always a challenge to get find, your group. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't ever try and convince me that nerds and comic people back in the day were racist when I'm like, no, because here's the problem. You think that now because the stuff is popular now, it's mainstream now, mm. but it wasn't. No. When we were growing up, right, when, when we were playing video games, D&D, reading comic books, it was frowned upon. People looked at you like you were some sort of yeah. dweeb nerd you know, yeah. oh, you fucking loser. You're still reading comic books. You're a baby. Like, I, I'm not joking. That was like, what, 30 years ago? Sure. Yeah. 25, 30 years ago. If, if you were reading comics, oh, whatever, yeah, yeah, you yeah. were, yeah, you know, you were of... called names. People thought you were a baby, that you were childish, whatever. Mm. So please don't say that we were like gate. Like, and that's my problem is that we never gate kept, right? Yeah. We, if anyone showed an interest in our hobby, oh my God, you're my best friend. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. we're friends now. Like it's, it's like it's like that scene from uh, Step Brothers. Did we just become best friends? Oh yeah, that's it. like <laughs> it's literally again. If someone you met someone at school or whatever, and they shared your interest, instant best friends. Like, please don't fucking tell me that yeah. back in the day we were racist and all that. Oh, far from it. Far from it. No, you're hundred percent right, Rich. And um, and that's the but that's the that's the cold hard truth that they want to forget because you are right. Like, it was a different world. Um, like when I was in um high school uh in my grade i knew one guy who mm. had read uh 2000 ad and he was super fucking covert and i wasn't i was like really honestly like you guys need to get over yourselves like um i was always a bit like i can't even believe you guys are that worried about comics like really it just seems so crazy to me but um that was one guy, and he did read them, but he was like super ashamed. It was, it was kind of, mm. it was kind yeah, of. There was sad. a lot of people like that yeah. back in the day, man. Yeah, it was kind of sad, like, look, like to me. Uh, look, me, thankfully, I was also a jock, so yeah. I didn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I played video games. I played fucking uh, read comic books, all that sort of shit. Was yeah. super into like the, the 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 nerdy geeky stuff. Yeah, but at the same time, I was playing soccer, baseball, cricket, yeah, yeah. Um, field hockey water polo you know what i mean so uh, yeah it never bothered me but that's also because i was a jock but i knew a lot of guys who mm. weren't athletic weren't sporty yeah and yeah man they really tried to like stay under the radar not draw attention to themselves and all that sort of shit so <laughs> yeah man i i felt bad for them because i was just like man that sucks like because i never got picked on because as i said like i was kind of i had a foot in both yeah yeah uh, in, in both camps and all that but uh, i felt bad for 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 the guys that like uh, felt that well, it just was a bit sad that they were that ashamed of something that was so fucking harmless. Like, and now, and now their hobby has become mainstream. Yeah, and 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 it should be a golden time. It should be a golden mm. age. Mm. And instead, they've been told that they're racist and oh, yeah, misogynist yeah. and must fuck off and leave the hobby. Or <laughs> you know, 
you know, you know, D and D is only for minorities. Issue, now, issue a public apology before every fucking game. You know what I mean? And it's I so just fun. go, poor buggers, poor yeah. buggers. Well, and I'll tie it back to comic books. I really do. Um, I, I, I just laugh at. I really think that this is going to sound overly harsh and overly sort of hyperbolic, because there are some brilliant comic book artists and writers out there, but like the state of like Marvel for example like their comic book line to me it's just so lackluster compared mm-hmm. to you know in this so-called golden age like I'm sorry but I, I know there are some good books but just overall if I compare that line to like the early 2000s or the late 80s into the early 90s mid 80s to late uh, early 90s I think is a really good time for Marvel and I just I'm just like it's just you can't even compare you know like you can compare and it's poor um and you know i know they're trying and they're probably improving again now but i it is weird to me that the talent pool seems a little bit drained you know and how hard is it like how can writers in the sort of early 2000s really hit it out of the park and those same characters now i mean the books just aren't selling and there's just no one cares you know, like it's it's the it's often the same characters, you know, uh, or variations on those characters, and I just think there's just some weird stuff going on, man. Like, oh, well, you know, okay, so I mean, but that's the thing, David. All comes down to talent, to writing, yeah. to a good story. Because someone I, I watched, uh, I was listening to a guy the other day, and he made a very good point. And um, you know how like people always say, oh, you you know. Um, you're just upset because anytime they deviate from the source material, you expect it to be exactly like the source material, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And he turned on and he said, he go, and, and, and I actually agree with him. And I think it's why, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, but you liked it when this happened. And it's like, I don't, by definition, I don't have a problem if you make changes to the source material mm. as long as it's good. 100%. That's the difference. It's like people aren't against... They, yes, obviously, they're going to be against the source material just on a gut reaction of like, oh, well, it's different to the source material. But you have the opportunity to win them over by making it good. 100%. So if you do change the source material and it's good, then the people will be like, you know what? It's good. I, you know, I'm happy, blah, blah, blah. But the problem is, is you make the changes to the source material and you make it shit. Mm. And that's the problem with comics at the moment. They they take in the source material, which is the last eighty five years, mm. and making it shit. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. making unnecessary changes, not good changes, poorly written changes, and that's why we're not enjoying it. It's not because you're changing things; it's because you you you're changing them in a bad way. I've or, got a question you know, for you. Stories. At Marvel, name who you think the best character was created. From 1980 to 2000, like, and it's totally subjective. And then the best character, new character they created from 2000 to now at Marvel. If you if you have to say Marvel, yeah. so from what 1980 to 2000, Let's say 80 to 2000, and first one. So it has to be an original best character they made in 80s. I've got one. I've got one. In my, do you want me to say mine? Sure. Venom. I think Venom okay. was yeah. the, was, yeah. and I'll yeah. and I'll give you my one for 20. And it's very subjective. Like, I'm not saying this is right. Uh, from 2001 to now, I think it's Spider-Gwen. 
like ghost spider, whatever you want to call her. Uh, yeah, okay. No, that's just and uh, no, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I'm saying I, I, I agree with your your Venom one, but I don't. Uh... Yeah, but but like I can't think of too many other Marvel ones that are any good, so I I don't think she has that much to beat. Um, give me yours. Oh, I mean, I got to think now because obviously I got to remember trying to remember where um, when characters were created. Uh... I would have thought for you someone like a Cable or something maybe. Wow, Jesus, man! There's so many X Men that come from the '80s. Uh, yeah. I think Rogue is from the '80s. Very early um, '80s, yeah, she is. Uh, well, I think she started early '80s as a villain, but she did. Yeah. I mean, she still became, you know. But a lot of X Men were introduced in the '80s. Let's be honest. Uh, Rogue, Dazzler. I think even Kitty. Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride was well, '70s, '70s, '70s. Yeah, no, I, I think Kitty Pride oh, is '80s. Maybe okay. All right. Well, let's say '80s. Yeah. Um. Uh, because remember they relaunched them in the 70s and she wasn't in it then. That's true. No, she came in in like around Days of Future Past, wasn't it? Yeah, around so... I'm pretty sure it was 80s. I, again, it could be wrong, but either way, it's, you know, it's it's trying to remember when they... Yeah. When they created... Well, break uh, it down. Give us one, Rich. You've got to pick one. I picked Venom. It was quick. Yeah, but that's easy for you because you fucking love Venom so much. <laughs> um, fuck, I think even Electra was created in the 80s as well. Yeah. Um... You know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go with Rogue. Okay, that's a good one. And what about 2000s? Is there any from the 2000s? <laughs> Have you got any? Jesus, Dave. Um... I can't think of any. I mean, Ghost Spider is my favourite one, but there's not too many. X23? She's not too bad. <sighs> You're struggling. If you can't find one, it's it's damning in itself that you can't even think of one. To me, I mean, when you think of between 80 and 2000, you had so many to pick from. Like, really, honestly, there are so many characters that you could... That's the thing. I'm trying to even... Yeah, I think... Yeah, I agree with you. X-23 is... um... Oh, shit. Um... Well, I mean, it's a technicality, but um, uh, Star-Lord... Okay. Um... He was kind of rebooted in the 2000s as the Peter Quill. Okay. Wasn't he created by Steve Englehart like many years ago? Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's why I say it's it's technically like, it's kind of like two different characters. Like, okay. All right. well, I'm well, trying we... to count it as a, as a revamp, like well, where they kind of rebooted the character. Because again, I'm trying, cause I'm trying really hard. I know the Young Avengers, but I don't think I like anyone in the Young Avengers that came out. Uh... Yeah, the Young Avengers. I can't think of any Young Avengers that I think should be winning this award. No, that's what I'm sure. saying. I mean, I know X23, Jesus. but you know what? I liked X23 before she came, Wolverine, so I'm going to cancel her out. Um, fuck, I, man. I like X23. Again, I like X23. I don't like Wolverine X23. Well, she's no longer Wolverine. That was only brief. No, I think she's still Wolverine, bro. Really? Wolverine's yeah, Wolverine. I think she's still... No, no, no. She's still running around being called Wolverine. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm ninety. And what's what's Wolverine being called? Also Wolverine, dude. Come on, man. We're living in a world where you can have like fucking multiple spider people. Two people named Captain America. Like, come on. Like, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. They're just like fuck it. Like, just just call them whatever you want. I guess you know. It's just like, it, they're just like, oh, we give up, we don't care. <laughs> like, they're, they're just like, oh, Wolverine's here. And it's like, which Wolverine? 
it's I'd be like the real one, please. And they're like, oh, you mean uh, you mean Logan? You're such a sexist. <laughs> like, yeah, I want the one, the actual Wolverine. You know, like, and I like X twenty three as X twenty three. Yeah, but no, man, you got me there because yeah, there's I can think of a fair few amount of characters from the eighties. Yeah. But even trying to remember characters that were made two thousands is actually very hard for me. Well, there you go. But 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 the reason I had that little thought experiment was just to I think show you that um I I think Marvel have really fumbled the ball and uh, look they've created plenty of new characters. I mean, people out there who are screaming yeah, but not memorable characters. People who are screaming at the internet that it should be Miss Marvel. I know that's the obvious answer, um, but. I don't care about Ms. Marvel. Like, I couldn't give a shit about Ms. Marvel, you know? And, um, like, yeah, I just don't think it has the pop. I, I do think Ghost Spider has longevity. I think Spider-Gwen Ghost Spider has longevity. They need to settle on her fucking name so I know what to call her. But I do think that character, I think, I think that character will be around, uh, like, for years. I think she's going to become quite popular. I think she'll become more popular in the end than Miles Morales. I really do. I, I see nothing. Oh, that's. Can I be honest with you? That's such a low bar. <laughs> yeah, but she's going to beat it, man. She's going to beat it. I think she's going to be the two I see to put it. Can Parker. I be honest with you? I am convinced that most people forget that Martin Morales even exists. He's until fairly, yeah. un, until they see him and go, "Oh fuck, that's right." Well, I think into the across the Spider Verse, whatever it's called, will he'll bring it bring it back? But they're going to rely heavily on on the other characters for that as well. So. Anyway, so, interesting. Now, we did have a piece here where we're going to do a deep dive review on the uh, Gary Gygax commissioned uh, 1982 Dungeons & Dragons script. I think we can save that for another day because I feel we've done enough on Mm D&D. But, what about this? Multiple new Lord of the Rings movies have been announced by Warner Brothers. (laughs) And this is their quote, Rich. And this is I want to dial in on this quote. The vast, complex, and dazzling universe dreamed up by J.R.R. Tolkien remains largely unexplored on film. Hmm. Okay, well, let's dig into that. Because, firstly, I thought that they owned the rights to Lord of the Rings books, the three, you know, the trilogy, which they did film in pretty big detail, and The Hobbit, which they padded to fucking no end. Um, from the appendices and padded out to three movies somehow, which was a fucking accomplishment considering The Hobbit's a rather narrow book. Um, I thought that's all they owned. This seems to point to the fact that they own more than that. Um, what do you know, Rich? Because I know Lord of the Rings movies obviously cut some stuff out, but they didn't cut that much out, you know? Like, so... Do you, are you anticipating storylines like some people were saying Young Aragorn could be a movie? Stuff like that? Um, yeah. I, hmm. Well, there's nothing really they can do afterwards. It's, it's going to be pretty quiet. So, yeah, it's going to have to all be... Um, well, afterwards, he, he, there was nothing. Like he, That's my point. Yeah. It's like everything, you know, the, the, the evil's been defeated, like... Everyone's gone off to Valhalla. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, or should I say the promised land? Um, so, yeah, it was pretty all, you know, all quiet on the Western Front. Um, <laughs> uh, 
so I mean, it would have to be prequel stuff and all that, which again, I'm not really interested in that shit. Um, oh, I'm just surprised they have the rights to all this stuff. Like, uh, there is a little bit of a mention, I guess. I, I look if we look at the fucking whole. Well, Hobbit, no one said they don't have the rights to make up their own shit. Like, I mean, that's that's essentially what Amazon is doing. But I thought that's exactly what Am- Amazon spent billions of dollars to acquire. They, they, they. they no, they, well, again, yeah. they. I don't believe they can set anything in that. In that period, in that oh no no age. no, but in the second age, they bought the rights to do shit in the second age, um, which is what they're doing. Whereas, yeah, this... but no no, but this is the third age. What third age? So, but they can still do things in the third age. There's still things like, um, I mean, they they could have stuff set between the Hobbit and the the movies because that's a bit of time. Well, um, the. Between that, yeah, I mean, there is stuff in um, you know what there is in the appendices. There is a lot of detail. It's actually the best part of the appendices about the goblin, um, uh, goblin dwarf war that was all underground and it was very intense. It's probably the best part of the appendices. And there's 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 a movie there. You know what I mean? You, you you could expand a movie just like they expanded, um, like one or two lines in in the Hobbit into whole scenes about the necromancer. You know, mm. like all that shit with the necromancer that is fucking threadbare in the book. Like there's mentions of a necromancer in like two lines. You know, and they managed to tie it all in. So I'm just I I guess what I'm saying is. I'm wondering what they have the rights to, because some people were speculating it could be the first age with the Cimmerillion. And I'm like, well, do they own the rights to the Cimmerillion? Because if so, the Cimmerillion has fucking multiple. It has a mega big story. Like, if you think of a video game, it's got the greatest story, but it's got a million subplots. Like, so if you own the rights to Cimmerillion, you you could literally do... There are so many movies there. there. There's a series of movies. You know, you could do 10 movies. It's a, That's a huge... Yeah. You know. I don't know. I, I, me personally, I think um, I, I just think the Lord of the Rings movies is a one in a lifetime achievement. Uh, because the thing is, I think the problem with Tolkien stuff is it works just so much better as just books as text. Yeah. Um, you know, because it, it almost feels like historical documents. Sure. Um, or like historical retelling kind of stuff and all that. So it's the same. Like i i I've probably brought this up i I'm a big um fan of uh romance of the three kingdoms right you love bringing and, this up i know and but but it's so hard for like they've made t v shows about it mm. because it's again it, it it covers so much time it can be a bit dry do you know what I mean like they've always struggled to make a movie because one you can't make a movie about the whole thing you can mm. only take a small piece usually they'll pick a battle or something like that and I just feel like that's kind of the same with Tolkien, like he wrote the Lord of the Rings to be this big epic thing, but everything else he wrote was more um, appendices and um, sure uh, world building. Like, yeah, he didn't actually write a a a story that was meant to be told in a sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, it 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 just felt more like um, historical events. Yeah, well, like the Cimmerillion, as as it was first published. You go from Lord of the Rings to reading the Cimmerillion, that's a fucking dry document. Yeah. You know? And I just think maybe just don't. Like, find, just find something else. Like, Although, I will say, if you are, like, I'm telling you, if you're a producer who managed to grab the rights to Cimmerillion, you're sitting on a gold mine. Because 
You could get people. No, in terms of talking, if you think of a gold mine like Amazon, have it. They bought the rights to the basically the names of the of the second age stuff, and then they just formed their own shit around that. You know, uh, Simmerillion actually has a lot more detail than his second age stuff. There are whole little legends. Each chapter is kind of like a subplot, and there's an overarching story, like the big boss, the big bad, like uh, Morgoth, um, Sauron's boss. And uh, mm-hmm. you could do it, like, and it would be a multi. It wouldn't be three movies. You could do many movies of this now that's where i'm sort of maybe that's where the family is really holding out for the big 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 money because you could do it like seriously it's it it's there and he wrote it down and you could dramatize it and you'd fill in a lot of blanks we all know hollywood loves doing that when it comes to tolkien stuff you know look at the fucking hobbit look at fucking rings of power rings of power it takes names it just does its own thing and sometimes just creates its own shit. And just goes, yeah, this is this elf is having an affair with this yeah, woman, and, and blah blah blah. And constantly contradicts everything. Yeah, yeah. What I'm trying to say is, like, like they're not loyal to it. They, they, and in fairness, the the family, you know, they got paid a nice chunk of change, like a billion dollars. Well, fine. Amazon spent a billion dollars. They can do whatever the fuck they want. I'm telling you, Cimmerillion is where it's at. If you want to really 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 make big 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 money and and keep it going for the next 20 30 years seriously um rings are, if if they just own the rights to the appendices they, they can do some stuff but there's not tons but do they have a lot of freedom that's kind of what I, what I want to know like rings of power has a massive amount of freedom because they paid all that money you know we don't know the ins and outs of the Warner's deal what they actually have the rights to and that that's because I always believe they had the rights to those books and if they were going to do the films again it would be redoing the films which I think is almost pointless because I don't think you're going to top those movies in the next say 10 years I, I just if you said to me we're making Fellowship of the Ring again there's a part of my brain that says do we need to you know in in 20 years maybe but I, I, I was having this discussion with someone where I feel like um I, I, we get in, we get into this nasty habit of. Um, I mean, say we. I mean, the people who make um, movies and mm. TV shows and all that. They, they, we get into this nasty habit of um, not willing to build new, yeah, franchises or build new. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, new, new IP, so, basically. Yeah. You know, just like now, just recently, they like, oh, there's a Peter Pan, you know, Peter and Wendy movie. It's a new live action, and it's like, oh, we're going to be doing Peter Pan again. And I'm like, okay, here's the problem. Um, why aren't we finding new popular things that have been maybe created in the last 50 years, mm. right? Um, and maybe put them into the zeitgeist. You know what I mean? Make them just as popular as Peter Pan, as beloved as Peter Pan and all that. And look, you're not going to succeed all the time. Mm. You know, I mean, you've got to look for the things that are popular, that are well told, that you can make into something. Demond, I mean, the Demond series. Yeah, let's get the Demond series going. Yeah. Throw, throw the big bucks at me, Hollywood. Pay me a billion dollers. You know, Fuck. you know, like Hunger Games were very popular books and you made very good movies. Oh, yeah. And the movies are popular. Harry Potter, very popular books. You made very good movies around it. Again, Lord of the Rings, you made the movies about I it. I have a question, Rich. I have a question. What on. about the prequel to Hunger Games, which they're doing now? 
They're doing a prequel. That's my point. I'm not interested. You yeah, move I, on. I, no, I hear what you're saying. You're saying you got the you got the the three books. They were great books, and you made three very or four po- very popular movies. You made fucking billions of dollars. You're saying, okay, thank you, Hunger Games, goodbye. Instead of they're going, let's keep spinning it off. You know. Well, okay, yeah. So my point is, the people that grew up with Hunger Games are 20 years older now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay, maybe not that long. Maybe like 15. Yeah, it's whatever. My point is, they're older. You got to kind of get that new market. And here's the thing: you can still go back and watch it. So, like, just like me, when I was in, you know, in my teens, in my twenties, mm. I discovered and watched old movies. Yeah, I didn't need them to be remade for my modern brain for me to enjoy. I know, it. And I, think I know. If yeah. someone's going to enjoy it, they're going to enjoy it. If someone's not going to enjoy it and they're going to look for something, oh, go watch it because it's old. Well, tough fuck, then just watch your modern shit. Like, yeah, it's that simple. We. We, I just don't feel like we we need to stop retelling the same stories over and over and over and over, especially when we have already so many Peter Pan. You know what I mean? It's not like, okay, I, I, Lord of the Rings may be a little bit different. Well, no, to be fair, they made The Hobbit. So there's like six fucking movies in total. That's kind of mm. like maybe move on. You, you've done it all. Let's find the new big thing, the new best thing, or, you know, let's let's find a fantasy stuff that was written maybe in the last 20 years or 30 years, something that's super popular that... You know, um, also, you know, like what, Thrones, what, what about popular TV show? Also, can I say this? I mean, firstly, you go into the fantasy aisles of like uh, Kinnikinia, there's a lot of fantasy product out there. You know, there's a lot of oh, series, yeah. like, and I'm not saying all of it's going to make a billion dollars. Like, no, but look at the stuff that sells well, is my yeah. point. You don't yeah. have to just like randomly pull something off the shelf, yeah. but you should be able to look at sales figures of the books. You know, you've got the bestseller list and all yeah, that sort of shit, and, yeah. and you know, you you know what like f- have been popular. So if a book has like had four or five books and it's massively popular in every book, you go, okay, hey, this is a fucking popular franchise. Mm. It's clear, resonating. Let's put money behind it and make a good movie. Just like you know, because again, just because it's popular doesn't mean if you make some shitty movie, it's going to be popular. You got to make it good. Yeah. Well, there's been a, there's, there was examples around Hunger Games where they tried to spin. You use the Hunger Games model on various books, and some of them weren't as popular. Yeah, well, that's my point. Like, because Hunger Games was successful, they just ran out and was like, "Oh, get Divergent! Oh, get this!" And it's like, "Yeah, but those were never as popular as Hunger Games." Like, yeah, maybe they had the audience, but there's a reason why Hunger Games outsold them. It's because Hunger Games was the more popular or better. Yeah, and and also um, the movies story. didn't execute as well either. You know, they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was because a very yeah, cookie they, cutter approach. Well, those were designed. Th- those were made not because someone like was like you know because time a lot of times it's maybe it's someone who's like well, my kids love this and they're really good and I just read it and you know I've I've looked into it and it's very popular. We should make this into a movie. Then that becomes popular and then someone else in music just fucking grab a book. What's what's the next best popular one? Oh, yeah, okay, just make it. But it's yeah. but it's rushed in a way as well. Do you well, know what for I mean? example, the the Philip Pullman, the Philip Pullman series, which is a very good book series, they made into a really bad movie, but have since turned it into a good TV show. Um, yeah. So some of those movies around that period, you know, some of them just aren't executed as well, and they just didn't hit the numbers, and some of them are better suited to TV as well. Like, um, yeah, no, there's the yeah, I agree, I agree. It's I hear what you're saying. I, I do think certain things, the world we're in, we will be stuck, for good, better or worse, with Harry Potter, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings until we die. Variations on a theme. Oh, the way, yeah, the way it's going now, we're just getting regurgitation of things that I've, that, that, that was popular 20, 
you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago because, mm. and but what I find so funny is like, people say to me, they're like, oh, you know, but it's just that they, 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 they know it's successful. And it's like, but you know what? They didn't know it would be successful when they greenlit it. That's mm. what I find so funny. Originally. You know, when you greenlit the movie in the first place, you know, like people go, oh, you know, but they knew, you know, they know that How I Met Your Mother did well and that's why they're doing How I Met Your Father. And I'm like, okay, but what did that's they right. base the decision on to make How I Met Your Mother? What what previous, you know, thing were they built? No, it wasn't. Someone came to them with a good idea. They said, you know what? This sounds like an interesting idea. Let's do a pilot. Sure. or whatever. I tested well. Let's do it. So don't use the excuse of, oh, we're too, you know, I was so worried. It's like you greenlit the, the thing that was popular in the first place. You sure. can't, you know, you, that's what made it popular is that you, you took a chance on something that sounded good. Well, probably that's one, what, one what, out of every 200 sitcoms that hits the air becomes as popular sure, as How I Met Your Mother. you know that already. It doesn't mean that you stop greenlighting things. That's the thing. How I Met Your Father, any popularity it has is purely tied to the fact that it is seen as a spin-off. And can I be honest of, with you? There's no popularity because... No. Like, when How I Met Your Mother came out, Jesus Christ, like, you know, there yeah. was clips all over the yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, people were doing funny compilation YouTube videos or oh, the best Barney jokes or the whatever. Sure. I've seen nary fucking The only thing I know show. about How no I Met Your Father is it's got Hilary Duff in it, who I've always loved. But I, yeah. I don't, I don't but watch it. Is, but no one is talking about the show. No one. No, There's no, no funny videos. There's no funny video yeah. compilation. No one is talking about it. It's like show. Magnum PI. It just... It, its existence is tied to its name, and that's it, basically. You know, like yeah. any, like literally, the the fact that it's getting renewed for another season, it, it it's doing the bare minimum. You know, it's it's doing barely enough to to continue existing, and it owes all of it to the name, basically, and just total lack of interest in that show. Yeah. And you're right, the, the the how I met him. I I never watched How I Met Your Mother, but fuck me, I saw a lot of clips of what's his name. Um, you know, the main guy Barney. Like saying, you know, funny shit, and I was like, yeah, this this looks alright actually. Um, now, but anyway, Elden Ring, which I'm back to playing, Rich sold 20 million copies, and the first expansion has been announced. Shadow of the Erd Tree is currently in development. You finished the game, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to explain to me, Rich. Firstly, are you excited for the expansion? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean. I I don't need it soon because there's so many other stuff I need to play and all that. Mm. But uh, yes, I will be happy when uh, it comes out in a time where I've got time to play it. And uh, good. Uh, oh God, I'm going to have to teach myself the controls again because uh, it took me a while. I to... am learning the controls again. I played for the first time today uh, before the show, and I had to go back to an easy part of the map just to relearn the controls game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good, yeah, because it's it's good. Uh, you don't, yeah, you don't fight with the uh, the face buttons. You're fighting with the bumper buttons. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, it's, got, it's got a bit of getting used to, but uh, I'm sure I'll fall into the groove. Pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty quickly. quickly. Um, now, I want you to tell me what is the fire ending, and how do you get it, and what was the actual result? There's some ending where the whole world's in in fire. Oh, uh, that's like the madness. Uh, um, ending it's basically um i don't know how far you are in the game but there's mm. basically like this um it's like a madness fire right mm. and uh you can actually get the powers like it shoots it out of your your eyes and 
and stuff and all that. But the problem is, is that like it, it fills up a madness bar, and if you your bar fills up because you use the power too much, it, it like it damages you basically. You like lose your mind and stuff and all that. So basically, it's just um, it's the chaos ending. It's mm. you 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 give in to the um, the the frenzy um, frenzy flame is what it's called, I believe. Um, but anyway, there's these other fingers. Yeah. Um, that uh, sort of they kind of like burn your body and give you the power and you basically yeah you don't um so the, okay there's only basically three endings in the game okay right. yeah there's the you become elden lord yes you uh start a new regime with um rani uh-huh. She sort of becomes like uh, the moon queen kind of thing, and you become her husband type thing. And then there's the frenzy flame ending where basically you don't reset it, you don't become, you just basically burn the fucking shit to the wow. ground. Like it's crazy, you know, no did, more. Did you now, do that? There's just four, for there's six and endings, giggles? but four of those endings share. It's four of those endings just a different variation of you becoming Elden Lord. Like it's just right. that's why you only get like it's only three real endings. There's just three there's just four versions of one ending but it's just three endings in total wow um and did you play them all yeah i got the elden lord ending because i went for the perfect one where i um i removed the imperfection from the 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 ring because i was basically playing like a paladin right um so i went for the ending that where i restored i become elden lord but i restored and removed the flaw from the the, the elden ring Wow, cool. Difficult to explain if you haven't finished the game. All right, cool. Well, that no, sounds cool. Um, yeah, I'm impressed, Rich. But uh, but are you impressed that I'm back playing it, man? Like you know, I've uh, you know, I've 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 because remember I got to. I, I'm impressed that you're giving it another crack. I'll be more impressed if you actually finish. Oh, no, well, I, I'm I'm level forty-one, so I've had a bit of I've done a bit. Mate, your levels mean fuck all. It's, it's whether you finish the game or not. <laughs> This game, you can go up to like fucking level 120 in this game. It means nothing what your level is. Okay, but I've done a bit of game time is what I'm trying to say. You know, and I've, I, I got to a bit where I, I just needed a break because it was all a bit too intense for me. And then I, and I've come back, but I'm already enjoying it. Even this, this afternoon playing it, I was like, yeah, this is fun again, you know? Like, it was kind of like getting back into it. Like, so we'll see. You know me, I'm quite fickle. Um... You know, let's let's face it. I, you know how addicted I got to Witcher Three. Remember with that period where all I could talk about was Witcher Three, and I just don't. I, I actually felt like Elden Ring, though. I wanted more of this severe action of Elden Ring kind of thing. Um, now, speaking of a new, another game, Baldur's Gate Three, Larian Studios explains technical issues, not exclusivity agreements, are standing in the way of the anticipated RPG hitting Xbox. Firstly. Richard, is Baldur's Gate 3 out? No. It's, so it's not out, because I was confused. I went to their website, and I was like, is this thing out or not? Like, Because I am interested in this game. I'd probably get this on PC, actually. I'd probably play this on my PC, on my laptop. Could I do that? Yeah, it'll be out on PC. I think I'll do that, Like, because I bought Baldur's Gate 2. Oh, wait, on your laptop? Yeah. Oh, I don't know how beefy your laptop is. Oh, okay. Maybe my laptop's not powerful enough to play it. Okay, right. I see. Yeah, because okay. I think your laptop's not exactly a new. No, it's not super new. A gaming laptop. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. Um. So when is this game coming out? Because I thought it was out. They've been talking about this for fucking. Oh, over. who fucking knows? It's been delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. 
really. That's disappointing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to come out like fucking two years ago or something like that. Yeah, I thought it was out. I was like, okay, all right, fine. I was. I, I know it got released into what they call like um, alpha or, or um, like a beta thing. Not a lo- yeah, like a yeah, like a. I can't remember what it's called, but it's kind of like a game's out and you can pay and play it, but it's not the finished product. Right, I see. <laughs> really, that sounds crap. <laughs> like what you can pay and play it but it's not the finished product I'm like great mm. like if you said to me you can play Assassin's Creed the new Assassin's Creed Dave I'd be like sweet yeah you can pay bitch and I'm like oh okay and then like and it's not finished I'd be like oh great um, not sure I need to can I wait for the finished product oh that'll be three years I'm like oh okay yeah if, if you're lucky have we got any news on the Assassin's Creed Netflix shows Rich have you been following this because I was googling it the other day and I couldn't see anything man yeah wrong person to ask Dave we need to get someone on the fucking show who, who knows something about Assassin's Creed and Aliens but I'll get you D&D news I'll get you I'm I got no interest in mm. no that's more my field it's more my category but the fact that I'm the only guy hitting Google for it and I'm only getting news of other guys speculating that's usually a bad sign you yeah. know, when you're only getting the get, other guys hypothesizing. Get your, get, get your hopes into uh, a, a good spot and, and don't let them rise. <laughs> Timothy Oliphant reprises role as a smoldering gunslinger in a justified spin-off. I watched a bit of this show, Rich, and you were right. It's a good show. Yes. Yeah. Because when I recommend a show to you, I don't say lower your expectations. You recommended say, hey, this show. It's probably... a good show. You yeah. should watch it. You'll enjoy it. You recommended this show probably a decade ago. And the other yeah. Day, the other day I checked it out and I was like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> this is really my style of show. <laughs> As opposed, I, my, my recommendation to you today was like, if you want something, take your brain out. It's not that good, but it's okay. Like, feel free. <laughs> you were like, this is a really good show. You'll enjoy it. And I was like, yeah, this is a good show. Um, I, yeah, I... It is a good show, and I'm glad they're doing a spin-off. Now, Star Trek Discovery is ending in Season 5. Uh, I agree with you, Rich, not soon enough. Um, I actually think it's been terrible. What, what I've seen of Star Trek Discovery, what I've heard about it, everything about Star Trek Discovery, I don't like, basically. You know? Mm. Um, oh, no, it's been a, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a pretty horrendous show. Yeah, yeah. Now, everyone... I know who likes Star Trek is telling me to watch Picard season three. They get the band back together. I've I've got the episodes. I'm ready to go. Apparently, they say season three of Picard is awesome. Apparently, uh, I can I be honest with you. I just think that is a nostalgia boner. Well, maybe, but that's okay. I don't honestly. I don't think it's good. I think the reason people are enjoying it or loving it is because of all the 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 member berries. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Because as you said, getting the band back together, oh my God, it's full, oh, you know, it's a wharf, it's it's number two, you know, oh my God, yeah, it's everyone's, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean it's good, it just means that it's hitting your, you know what I mean? It's just, it's it's like, it's like giving sure. you a shot of like, you know, dopamine. like uh, dopamine, you'd be like, yeah, I'm remembering the good old days. It's like, yeah. I honestly think that's what it is more than it actually being, like, a good... I remember show. when Next Gen was fucking ruling for, like, multiple seasons on end. Like, yeah, the good old days. Uh, if only we could take a time machine and make everyone age back 30 years even to be even better. Because yeah. remember, it's like I said about, like, The Mandalorian when people were like, oh, it's pretty mediocre. And I'm like, yes, I agree with you. But because the other shit has been so terrible... 
Yeah. Mediocre feels so good. Like, you know what I mean? You're like, oh my God. Like, but that's kind of what I feel like Picard season three is. It's like, it's not better. Yeah. yeah. It's just that you're getting all the dopamine hits of like seeing all the old faces and you've been filled with nostalgia and memories that it, it tricks you into thinking it's, it's, well, I'm going to check it out. By next show, I'll have a review. I will have at sure. least watched two episodes. I've not seen a single second of it so far, but I, I do want to check it out. And I do... I'm one of those people who loves the old next-gen crew and stuff. I thought I think all that shit was awesome. So, um, Although, you know, like, I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but they had their run in the sun too. By the end, the last couple of movies weren't great. You know? Um... It wasn't all gold. Like, I love the fucking show, but, like, the last two movies were pretty average of the next generation. Yeah, but I'll be honest with you. I think the problem was is that they were kind of beating a dead horse because I do think that um, I do think that Star Trek had maybe run its course. You know, just like the, the, the original one also ran its course, you know. Sure. Um, actors were getting a bit too old, maybe, you know. And also, I don't think they had that good stories to tell, but they were like, well, we've got to make a movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, yeah. Certainly, the stories weren't as good as the original um, episodes and stuff. But anyway, like, look, I'm gonna check it out. Like, fuck it, I don't care. Like, I, I love Beverly Crusher and um, Reich. But I'll be honest, Dwarf, and this, and this is very controversial. I only think that there was really one good movie <laughs> in what next Star Trek of Next Generation. Yeah. What about um? I'd say uh, First Contact was awesome. Yeah, First Contact is the best. It's the best movie, and I don't think. Because the first movie was not great. Generations. Um, yeah, it was not great. Sorry. Oh, you have it's to be got some there. funny. It's got some fun bits. Sure, but you almost go, "Wow, this this thing is a movie." Like, you know what I mean? It's got the and death, of, wrong, the death of Kirk. On, it's got on, the death on. of Kirk. No, no, that's fine. Don't forget, the first Star Trek movie was not that great either. Oh, I take Generations um, over the first Star Trek movie any day of the week. No, but I'm just saying, I don't think either one got off to a good start. But sure. by the second movie, mm. they were. Like firing all cylinders. The problem is, is that I feel like the original had a much longer run of sure. good movies before they started dropping. Wrath, sort of, of, dropping Wrath, of, Wrath of Khan, Voyage Home, yep. Undiscovered Country, all good. Yeah. So, um, but I feel like the Star Trek Next Generation really only had First Contact. I don't even remember what the next movie after First Contact was. That's my point. You see, you don't even. Was remember. it Insurrection? <laughs> was it Insurrection? Uh, there was. Yeah, well, there was Insurrection, and then and there Nemesis. was... Nem was there Nemesis Nemesis was god-awful. Nemesis was You know terrible. what I mean? So my point is, like... I and, and look, maybe that's just a simple fact of that the original Star Trek had so many good movies because it ended after, like, three seasons. Yeah. And so they there was so much more to explore. Yeah. But with Star Trek Next Generation, it went on for so many seasons, mm. and they explored so much that I think maybe they didn't actually have that much to to tell um, with them is why I think they struggled after contact. They were like, well, that kind of felt like that was like contact was awesome. a good place, but it, it felt like a good place to end it. If you think about it. Oh, no way, man. Like no, it think was... about it. Okay, hang on, hang on. Think about it this way. Okay. Forget about the first movie. If you were to take the entire seasons mm. and then you cap it off with first contact, that would be phenomenal. You'd be like, Brilliant, fantastic season. But this is Hollywood. They'd never movie. do that. They'd never do that. No, but I'm saying that they probably should have because after the first contact. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree. You're not wrong. That's that's what I just said. The the movies by the end were not great. Like Insurrection was like a sort of very average episode because there were plenty of average episodes in Next Gen, especially early on. 
but Nemesis was just terrible. The last Star Trek Next Gen movie was actually woeful, um, and it was yeah, it was close to unwatchable. Um, you know, and, and then yeah, well, you are right. The whole franchise felt sort of aged, and I don't know that it, it just ran out of juice. You know what I mean? But I'm excited that everyone's back. They've had a refresh. They've had time in the sheds. You know, Patrick Stewart's not getting any younger. Get him out there. Um, come on, Picard. John Luke Picard. One of the greatest captains. He's too old, man. Man, it's so... It can I be honest with you? I feel old. so sad seeing him because I go, my God, man, you look like you're going to just snap in two if someone, like, bumps into you. Well, he's you, like 90, isn't he, or something? Like, he's old. Yeah, he's fucking getting there, and I just, it's, it's <laughs> I, I just, I'm sorry, I just, I feel bad going like, you look like you want to it's fall good over. Good actor, like, though. Good actor. Very good actor. Of course, actor. and and you know, I'll never take that away from him, but I still feel sad when I see him in Picard. Well, you know, I mean, we all get old. You know, everyone gets old, Rich. So you know, I know, but I just feel like they, you, like it's like, and I, I'm sure he's happy to do it, but I feel like it's like. Picard, we need you to save Star Trek. Like Star Trek, yeah. you know, we need we need your nostalgia. But they do, they do save it, and I, you know, and they've brought him out. This guy should be retired. Oh, but they've paid him a lot of money. I know, but <laughs> I'm still makes me feel like ugh. He's a good actor. Look, you'll never. I, I think I think Patrick Stewart's one of the most gifted actors. Um, oh, I'm not yeah. arguing with you, but I also feel like he's. But they are cashing in on they are cashing in on nostalgia. That is true. Of course they are. And the fact is now he's got all his buddies together, which he should have had from the very beginning as well. Like, you know, he should they should have had the whole crew back, really. I don't know why they didn't. But anyway, uh, I will check it out. I've not seen it, so I can't really commentate on something I haven't even seen, but I am gonna watch it. And people I know who rate the show highly, such as John Sumter's a word balloon, say it's very good. And they're Star Trek fans. I love my Star Trek, but I'm not a die-hard, like, know-it-all, kind of the whole franchise. But I do love my next-gen. So I am going to check this out because the thought of the whole crew being back together, I think, is cool. So I'm a marketing victim. Um, Now, uh, Michael Kellership sent a funny email. Uh, (laughs) Ant-Man got absolutely mauled by Cocaine Bear at the box office. Ant-Man dropped 70%. And Cocaine Bear swept it at the box office, which is the uh, new movie, the sort of like horror comedy, I guess you would describe it as, uh, kind of similar to the Snakes on a Plane genre. Uh, absolutely destroyed Ant-Man 3, which I'm actually kind of keen to see for the Kang stuff, but I, I hear very mixed reports. I've heard some people say they quite enjoyed it, but then I've heard some people saying, oh my God, this is the sign the Marvel have fallen off the cliff. I thought Wakanda Forever was very fucking dull. So I'm sure it will be better than that because I, I felt Wakanda Forever was one of the dullest Marvel movies I've ever seen. What do you think, Rich? It's hard to it's hard to say. Um, I do... I have heard mixings from Ant-Man and I think one of the... One complaint I've heard, which is an understandable complaint because I probably do feel the same way, is um, Ant-Man has always kind of been like um, a palate cleanser. Like, he's not supposed to, like, <laughs> I'm not being trying to be a pun. His stories are supposed to be a bit smaller. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not supposed to be like earth-shatteringly, like, you know, fate of the world, mm. you know, kind of like, 
epicness, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's, I it's think more... what you're trying to say is Ant Man is very fucking lame. And, you know, that's basically. No, he's not lame. It's just that you need to play to character strengths. <laughs> and I think people have just, you know, you have a big event and there's something like Ant Man is something where you can just, you know, as I said, like the first movie, it's a fun little heist movie. You know, mm. it kind of de escalates things so you can just have fun and, you know, not feel like, you know, oh, God, the world's at stake again or something like that. Like, mm. um, and also, another issue is, again, you introduce. <laughs> You introduce it, and uh, and this is the same problem they had with Star Wars. Mm. You're introducing a villain who keeps getting beaten. Sure. Right? Yeah. So, Kang technically gets beaten in Loki. Mm. Um, he now gets he? beaten by Ant-Man. Yeah, remember Loki? That, well, that version of Kang. But my point is, it doesn't matter if it's different versions. Yeah. You are still basically... But isn't that the story of these comic book villains? So many times. I mean, how many... F- Plots that I, Doctor I, Doom have I been foiled. It, Dave, I yeah. get what you're doing, but but this isn't comic books. These are movies, sure. okay. and this is for a general audience. And I feel like, and you expect the audience to tune in for the shows. You expect the general audience, to, but what you're saying to them is, well, hang on a second. Didn't like the Loki chick beat him? Oh, didn't Ant Man beat him? Why is he the big bad? Like sure. Thanos was untouchable till yeah. like True. final movies. Do you know what I mean? He yeah, was he even big, really kind of won in the in in Infinity War. Yeah, well, they fucking had to go back and do some, you know, time shenanigans and crap to yeah to, to beat him here technically one. So my point is, like, you're already not setting up the bad guy to feel like as big a threat as, but yeah. you're gonna, you he will be, but you're not, you're not portraying him as such. No, I hear what you're like, saying. Yeah, like it's like, you know, yeah, how can um, you take seriously a guy? He gets knocked out by the sort of like also ran, you know. He can't yeah, even yeah. make it to the title fight. Yeah, I know. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, and also I feel like, um, but I think the, that, the to me that's that the thing is good, but I think people need to like not ex- like. I, I he was only in the movie, I think, for like ten minutes. Who like total Kang? I think. Okay, right. No, not ten minutes. I was like twenty, like twenty thirty minutes. He's not that. He's not in the movie that much. Like. Okay. It's, you know, um, and by the way, did you hear who Modoc was? Yeah, it fucking sucks. It's that fucking idiot from the first film. Yeah, it looks <laughs> stupid. I've seen the pictures. It looks so dumb. I love Modoc. I love Modoc, and they've fucked Modoc up badly, and I hate it. And, yeah, that's something I hate about that movie. But I'm interested. The only reason I'm interested in fucking Ant Man 3 is Kang. That's the only interest I have in this thing, because I couldn't care less about Ant Man, you know? I mean, and yeah, um, to me, I'm going to be brutally honest, sucks, you know, and, but it's in the quantum realm, there's Kang, I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm a bit interested, you know, like, you know, so it's almost like, I, well, let's check out what the box office on this thing is, because I am interested to see how much money this movie will take, um, because it just does feel like Marvel are struggling a little bit. Um, and maybe they're struggling to make people care, I think is more it. I'm sure this movie's making a decent chunk of change, but I can't imagine it was cheap to make, um, because apparently it's very visually spectacular. Again, I've heard heard. mixed things where a lot of people say it just feels like they're standing in front of a green screen, which obviously they are, but you don't want it to feel like that. Well, right now it's sitting on 369 million, um, and it's been out, what, two weeks? Um, came out on the 17th, so roughly two weeks. Yeah, I mean, its opening was just over 100 million in the States, which is, is decent. 
Um, it looks like it'll make a decent chunk of change. But yeah, I, I don't know. I you know the expectations on these movies are so crazy. Like, what do you think this will make, Rich? I think it'll be like it'll make six hundred million and probably make around six hundred million, which is decent. Um, I mean, just honestly, the way it's going, I don't even know if it'd make the half. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. You could be right if it's if it's fading. If it's fading, um, it could be in trouble. And I I do feel they were clever in how they marketed it, though, because I think they know they've got a fairly weak character. They've got Paul Rudd. Everyone likes Paul Rudd. Okay, so he's been doing the press rounds. But the big thing is they have heavily pumped the Kang angle, which is clever because I think there's a lot of Marvel fans like me who are like, we don't care about Ant-Man, but we do care about Kang, you know? And so they've they are clever, sure, but I mean, but also, I mean, but Dave, I mean, what like any human, your biases for your for your disdain for Ant Man does also cloud sure the, 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 the general view, which is fine. But I don't think, again, I don't think I think the problem is is that they've misread the character, mm. right? I don't think. The place to introduce Kang was this movie. I totally agree. I totally I, agree with you. Yeah. I think, as I said, for me, the reason I enjoyed Ant Man is that it didn't have the stakes of the other movies. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't. Yeah. Like it should, as I said, it was smaller scale. It was like you know heist movies or like a revenge thing. I was kind of wanting just another. Yeah. You know, uh, feeling like that because. Um, you know, th- this is probably going to be his last. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. his three movies, and I'm sure the daughter will then carry on. You know, uh, which is why they've aged up so quickly. Yeah, but are they really going to do Ant Man movies with her, or is she going to be more a supporting character in something else? Well, right? I don't think they'll do Ant Man movies, but she'll be in the movies. She'll yeah. be in yeah. someone's TV show. She'll be in the movies, and she'll be the Ant Man character or the Ant person character or the shrinking character, whatever the fucking yeah. thing you want to call it is, that's what she'll be. Have so, you seen this movie? Have you actually seen it or, or not? No, I've it? seen lots of snippets of it. I've seen lots yeah. of um, yeah. scenes from it and all that. I feel and, like I've seen I, it because I've had people describe it as such fucking detail. Um, but uh, the, 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 my the, issue yeah. with the, 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 the quantum mania stuff and all that is like, I just, it feels too Doctor Strange. Mm. Like, like I feel like it, it almost feels very Thor. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, Thor being uh, would not be out of place, not in a quantum, but in kind of the setting of sure. Kang and uh, extra dimensional. I wish it was Thor. I wish it was. You Thor. know, you know what I mean? Like I just think that the or Iron Man, Man was the wrong vehicle. Just you know, yeah, Ant Man was just. I feel like he was the wrong character for this. Yeah, I don't. Disagree. Um, I don't disagree with you, man. I but but maybe they. I I don't know what the first two Ant Man took, but maybe they looked at it and thought we need to pump. We we need to put some juice back in the machine. Oh, oh no! I think they also didn't have another character, like, mm. like I uh, guess so. You know what I mean? Like they've already had the strange movie. Um, mm. uh, obviously, there's no Captain America. There's no Iron Man. Um, why Taika Waititi wanted to do his own Thor thing Same, with yeah. Jane and and all that sort of crap. So, um, if they were going to introduce Kang, this is the only movie. Like, yeah. You know, because um, they had to start introducing him because what well, n- n- there was nothing in Phase Four. Yeah. This is Phase Five. This is the start of Phase Five. They're like, oh, hang on, we need to start fucking introducing the bad guy. Um, we haven't done him in name uh, in in Wakanda. We haven't done him in uh, Doctor Strange. We haven't like 
they were like, oh, we've got to start introducing him. So mm. I think they were just like, that's it. We've got to do it here. Yeah. Well, okay. Meanwhile, while you were talking, I was just looking up to see if there's any news on Venom 3, but sadly not. <laughs> it's 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 really sad when I do my little searches where I'm like, is there any news on Venom 3? Um, I Actually, I'm glad, though, because Deadpool 3 was the thing I used to always search, and that's actually happening with Hugh Jackman, so that feels like a dream come true for me. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I Look, I agree with you. Like, Kang shouldn't have debuted in um, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Like... <laughs> Really, honestly, like it's ridiculous. He has, but it is what it is, man. Um, what's this thing about Hellboy? They're rebooting Hellboy again. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Yep. Jesus, didn't they do it very unsuccessfully with David Arbor? And yeah, but you know what? Wow. Hollywood is like. That's the thing. It's so funny to me that Hollywood oh, will keep throwing money at a rebooting a franchise because, like, we'll get a success. Well, I, I like, do like Hellboy. No, but I'm saying, yeah. but you could have used that money on something else. <laughs> but you know what I like is why not a Hellboy TV show, you know? It, like, do we have to have a movie? Could it not be a... I could imagine you could get an actor... You'd have to put a lot of money behind it, though, if it's a TV show with, they've uh, got, with Hellboy. These days, they've got money, man. They'll, they'll throw money at stuff like there's no tomorrow. I just feel like Hellboy, such a big universe... BRPD, all that stuff. I, I really good universe too. Shout out to Tash, by the way, uh, and shout out to my boss Anna, who I said did she want to shout out on this episode, and she said yeah, sure, why not? She'll never listen to this. She does. She hates comic books and everything else, but uh, you know she gets a shout out in the middle of a Signal Doom episode. Um, I don't know. I, I love Hellboy. I, I'm not convinced I need another movie. You know. Like, uh, probably not, no. Probably not, yeah. It's just... Now, I have some news for you, and I want your reaction, because you're Mr. We've all heard it, right? Mr. Anime, Mr. Manga, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. Now, give me your reaction. So, Michael Kellishim, shout out to Michael, our number one Patreon. He, DC, announced, Rich, that they're going to be doing serialized uh, mangas, chapter by chapter on the DC Universe Infinite Digital Program. Then publishes collected print stories, print editions. Amazon lists the price of all three series as $9.99, which is the same price as most volumes of Viz Media's Shonen Jump series. Okay? Um, the DC titles are slightly slimmer at 160 pages compared to a typical manga volume of 192, but they're very much in the same space. So here's the three pictures or three not three pictures but three synopses of each of the mongers okay and i want to get your reaction mm-hmm. on each one joker one operation joker oh, i'm going to mangle the names here so sorry my apologies uh by writer sasatishi malagawa i'm not even going to pronounce the artist name because i can't pronounce it gutu is a domestic superhero comedy i'm already out um with the joker playing single father to a baby batman after some sort of mishap de-ages Dark Knight into an infant. The Joker is determined to raise the baby to be Batman again, but he's uniquely poorly equipped for the job. The series is ongoing with two volumes out in Japan so far. Okay. Um, oh, so these have already been published. I didn't even realise that. So these are, these are already out in Japan, and they're obviously hits in Japan, um, or at least there's two volumes out, and then now bring them over here. I didn't realise that they were actually already out. Okay, so that's the first one. What do you think of that, Rich? I think it sounds fucking awful, but anyway. Sounds funny. Yeah. So uh, this is actually, you know what? It sounds like it would have been a good uh, episode of uh, Batman Brave and the Bold. Sure, I agree <laughs> with that. 
but sadly it's an ongoing manga. But anyway, um, then we've got Batman Justice Buster by the Ultraman manga team of Alishi Shizumo and Tomohiro Shimo Gucci. Um, okay, and my apologies for the pronunciations. Um, okay, Batman Justice Buster has a new bolder wave of criminals coming to Gotham City and Batman using a computer system named Robin to analyze the crime wave and and I guess tap, it says tamp it down. I'm not sure what that means. I tap it down. Uh, Shimonzi was the cover artist for the Tech on Avengers 1. The series is at two volumes and counting in Japan. Ugh, I mean, so what? Batman's using a computing system called Robin. I mean, really, this, this, that sounds like a fucking normal Batman story, just slightly altered. Uh, Superman versus Meshi by Mamagua and Kaya Kotogi is a... Oh, my God, I hate this shit. ...is a foodie manga in which Superman pops into different chain restaurants for lunch. Each issue features a different dish from fancy sushi to humble curry, and sometimes other members of the Justice League join him for a meal. The series is complete in three volumes. I couldn't think of anything I'd rather less read. But um, that's this sums up everything I hate about manga. Th- these ideas seem so shit, personally. I, in, my, in my personal opinion, they all suck. But am I misreading the audience, Rich? Is this the kind of shit the kids are just dying for? Yeah, well, okay, look. So one thing you've got to remember, this is this is not made for the American market. This is made for the Japanese, Japanese market, market because yeah. they're doing so poorly yeah. in the American market. They need to try and... Uh, and the only way they can get the Japanese market is by obviously getting Japanese people to make mangas of it. Um, the problem is, is that Japanese don't really do superheroes. So this is, this is what you're going to get. And this is why... Batman will probably be the closest thing because... Um, uh, Batman doesn't have really powers and anything like that, um, so they can do a bit more sort of like maybe martial artsy, yeah, type stuff and all that. Um, but it's very Japanese, like it's yeah. very like you're not going to get a, yeah. you know, like I can only think of really two superhero shows <sighs> that I've seen that is uh, anime and that's Dragon Ball Z. No, no, My Hero Academia, yeah, um, and uh, Tiger, Tiger and Bunny. Which were like superheroes, people in spandex. And by the way, Michael Killershim loves that superhero academia or whatever it is. That, that's yeah, superhero academia is really good. So again, totally it's a Japanese that. take on superheroes. Yeah. Uh, oh no, sorry. And One Punch Man is also. A I, I've thing. got one. Astro Boy. It was a fucking great one. Back yeah, in the but day. Again, that's, that's not traditional superhero. I fucking like... loved it as a kid. Jesus sure. Christ, I loved Astro yeah. Boy. Dude, Dragon Ball is fantastic as well, but it's not classical superhero stuff. It's not Sure. It's it's not like Western superhero stuff. So yeah. anyway, my point yeah. is this is clearly um this is what you do when um again when you're floundering and you need yeah, uh, yeah. and again when you're getting your manga, what do you do? Yeah. Well let's make a manga like Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean look you honestly know, the yeah. Japanese market's taking our uh, customers, why don't we go and try and take? But in, in all honesty, if I was at DC, I'd be doing exactly the same thing. I'd hope I'd have better ideas and, than that, but you know. And you know what? Maybe it is popular because again, it's not doing the superhero thing. Like I tell you this right now, if they just did the superhero thing, but as a manga and recent Japan, it wouldn't, it wouldn't do well. No, yeah, the market's different. I totally. Because you got to remember, manga is one of those things where. You can get something as over the top and and cool fucking macho action stuff like Dragon Ball, mm. 
and then you can get an anime about volleyball. I hate all this shit. Like, I, I, I know, I, I, I know you can, and I think it's fucking lame, but, like, I know I'm the old guy who just doesn't get it. You know, people are like, oh, there's a manga about everything, like, eating, and I'm like, no mm-hmm. thank you. No thank you is my response. But God bless them. For, they obviously, it's probably a lot better than what I'm picturing. It must be, if, if they're all loving it so much, you know? Um, but it's not for me. Um, now, but, Rich... Dave, you also have to remember that manga is broken up into four categories, Dave. Is it? So the stuff that you don't like are from the other three categories. So they've got what they call um, young, young boys, mm-hmm. um, yeah. older boys, yep. young girls, older girls. Uh-huh. So a lot of the... Stuff you don't like, like the oh, it's about food. Oh, it's yeah. about whatever. That's like that is for like young girls. Sure. Yeah. And like older girls and stuff and all that. The romance stuff and all that. Stuff like your Dragon Ball, your Naruto's, your My Hero Academia. That's that's designed. That, that's for like the teenage boys. That's like they, that's why they're all action based. Yeah, no, um, that's more my cup of tea. If I was going to read any but, of them. But it, my point know. is, it's like it's that is they it's they are each hitting a market. What's um? This is gonna sound so stupid. Um, Ghost in the Shell was that a manga originally? Because I, I dug that. I thought um, that was cool. Yeah, and uh, it got uh, it was, and then it became a no. Kevin, no, I think it was a movie. Yeah, it was anime or something. I, I thought I always thought that was pretty cool. I think it was just an animated movie. Yeah, I always liked that. I I I actually even liked the Scully Hansen movie. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Personally. Oh no! Some I mean. Ninja Scroll, Ghost. If you want three great anime movies from like the nineties, Ninja Scroll, yeah, one of my favorites. Great, Akira, great movie. Everyone knows about that. Which and was Ghost it? In the Shell. What was it? Uh, Akira. Oh yeah, Akira. Yeah, yeah. And Ghost in the Shell. Those three are like the definitive, yeah, like nineties anime movies. Yeah. No, I, I, I always thought it was cool. Did you like the Scully Hansen movie? Because I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't watch it. Jesus. I don't watch live action um, animes of anything. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, now um, Vladimir Putin gives Steven Seagal a friendship award. <laughs> I might give you one, Rich, one day if you if you play your cards right and you agree with me on enough issues. I'll give you a friendship award one day, a little gold medal, and I'll say to you, "Don't take it off." I never want to see you without that on. I want to see every time I see you, I want to see that medal. Can you imagine if Seagal turned up without the award around his neck? To Vladimir Putin, he'd be like. Probably shot on well, site. I think Vladimir Putin also gave him his passport, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, massively, yeah. Sagal's massively in the pocket, for sure. Yeah, Sagal has convinced himself that he's Russian. Yeah, I know. It's pretty cool. Well, he used to he used to go on about how he's Native American. I remember, like, for a long time. Oh, he's been everything, man. Yeah, for a long time in the 90s, like, in his sort of peak, he was always going on about how he's Native American, I remember, in his movies, at least, anyway. Like, oh, I just want to give a shout-out to a YouTube channel. Uh, since we're talking about Steven Seagal, it's called Space Ice. Mm-hmm. This guy is hilarious. Uh, he does uh, comedy um, reviews of uh, like action movies. Mm. Uh, and what I love is that basically any Jacques Le Van Damme movie is the best. Any mm-hmm. Stallone movie is the best. Um, any like Schwarzenegger movie is the best. And uh, Almost every Nicolas Cage movie is the best, but every single Steven Seagal movie is the worst. <laughs> what about Above the Law? No, every single Steven Seagal <laughs> movie is, again, they're comedy ones. So, 
Steven Seagal does nothing right. Uh, everything <laughs> is terrible. And then comically, like, you know, like Jean-Claude Van Damme does everything right. He's Love awesome. It. You know what I mean? He kicked yeah. the woman so hard. She became pregnant. Like, <laughs> it's just over-the-top funny. So if you want a funny, like, a review channel that does old action movies, uh, Space Ice is okay. fucking hilarious. Is this a paid fucking insert in our show? Rich? No, no, no. It's just that we were talking about Steven Seagal, <laughs> and he's no, seriously... I watch every single Steven Seagal one he does because it is yeah. just so... And because Steven Seagal movies are the worst right now. Like, they are oh, they're literally terrible. They're terrible. the worst movies. He, he He's so lazy that he gets... They have to voice dub him with not even his own voice. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's a, he's a bit of parody for There's 30 one years. one movie where he fights a guy sitting down. Yeah, he's so fat <laughs> and so old. And just, I mean, honestly, I, it's a joke, really. We're just talking about uh, talking about um, Steven Seagal, and if you just want to have have a laugh at some guy, just I do. I'll check that out. What's it called? Space Ice. Space Ice. Is yeah, I'll check that out. That sounds funny. That sounds like my cup of tea, actually. Yeah, because Steven Seagal. I mean, look, I enjoyed his stuff back in the day, but he was always a bit of a kook. But he's got it so bad over the last, I'd say, twenty five years. It's been a long decline. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he's always been bad, but he's just gotten worse and worse. Yeah. Over and he was always one of those guys like who really believed his own hype. You know what I mean? Like, he always thought... You could tell and with... Those, you know. And those hair transplants or whatever he's wearing on top of his head is not fooling anyone. Yeah, no. I, he's not really fooling anyone other than Vladimir Putin. Um, Dragon Age sold better than Mass Effect, according to the Dragon Age. This is coming from the Dragon Age. Oh, the first one, probably. Yeah, it is the first one. Uh, apparently, EA never understood why... Um, and they, he's, David Gator is the guy's name. He says EA never really got Dragon Age, and he was calling for a remastered version of Dragon Age, uh, the original, whatever it was called. Uh, was it Origins? Um, I love the original, the first Dragon Age. I fucking love that movie. I, I, game. I also enjoyed Inquisition as well. Uh... I played a lot of Inquisition. I don't know if you did. I did. I played it. I played the whole thing. I finished it. Um, it was pretty good. I didn't. I didn't actually like it that much, honestly. It didn't. It felt less Dragon Age to me. Yeah, it was better than the second one. Which was it felt more awesome. generic. No, can I be honest with you? I okay. Look, I completely agree with people when they say that it was repetitive. Mm. The second game, and that it just takes place in the same reused assets. Yes, I agree with you one hundred percent. But the story. Mm. Um, the, the, the feel of the characters, mm. I actually prefer in Dragon Age 2. So I actually prefer the characters in Dragon Age 2. I prefer the story it was telling in Dragon Age 2. Mm. Um, uh, I like this. I like this idea of the game being broken up into three chapters mm. and the choices you make in chapter one affect, you know, like chapter two. Yeah, yeah. The, the idea was I mean? good, but it was very cheap. The whole no, no, thing uh, was yeah, cheap. No, no, and I'm not saying that it's a great game, but I'm just saying if I was, if you were to put the two in front of me, I'd probably go with Dragon Age 2 just because I f it felt more Dragon Age. I don't know sure. why. I think it's because they also moved to a new engine. Mm. Um, I think this is when they moved to the Frostbite engine, and so the characters all started to f look and feel different. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you just look at... Just look how the characters look in one, two, and then look at uh, Inquisition. It's just they look more plasticky. Yeah, um, like they've got the sheen to them, um, sort of thing, and all that. And it's because they stopped using uh, Unreal Engine, and they uh, they use, I think it's Frostbite that they use or something like that, whatever it's called. 
And I don't know. I just didn't. I think I just didn't feel like it felt like Dragon Age anymore. Mm. Like the world felt different. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair enough, Ben. Like, and um, to be fair, I can understand why Mass Effect sold, especially the first Mass Effect sold less, is because Dragon Age is it's it's fantasy. It's, yeah. It's it's dark fantasy. It's clearly going to sell. Mass Effect was a sci-fi, but it was also a untested new IP. It had a lot um, of hype. I remember when the first Mass Effect came out. It came out right around the same time as the first Assassin's Creed. I remember. Uh, it was 2007, yeah. I believe. They, they, they were close in time because I bought both of them. Oh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And I... Oh, Dragon Age, the first one, is still the absolute fucking best. Oh, it's a great Dragon game. Dragon Origins great is game. great game. Still one of my one of my favorite. Um, I felt uh, that was one of the games. best role playing fantasy games I've ever played, and I've played my fair share of computing fantasy role playing. I felt they really. It was like they really cared. You know what I mean? They really put the time in, um, and I felt they put no time into the sequel. And I just felt the third one was like a sort of more sort of. Slicker, but also more dumbed down version of the first one. You know, um, it felt more um, generic to me. That's all. Just yeah. a little bit more generic fantasy. Now we've got some Hugh Jackman news. Troubling news. He has told BBC's Front Row that Wolverine playing Wolverine has resulted in permanent damage to his vocal cords, which has impacted his stage performances. I've done some damage to my voice with Wolverine. My falsetto is not as strong as it used to be, and that I directly put down to some of the growling and yelling. My vocal teacher in drama school would have been horrified with some of the things I did with Wolverine. Um, we learned a technique in school of how to shout and yell without ruining your voice. However, during Wolverine, I did some screaming and yelling and things that I think did damage to my voice. I'm working on it. I work with a singing teacher and try not to hurt myself. I put a lot of effort into both physical movement and my vocal preparation for every role. Sad to hear... Um, that Hugh Jackman has suffered in this way, uh, you know, because he does love his musicals, Boy From Oz, and The Greatest Showman, all that stuff. Like, he, he's a fabulous song and dance band, on top of being one of the greatest actors alive. Um, yeah, troubling news. But then again, he did it for Wolverine. So he did it for a good cause, at least, Rich. What do you say? Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean? Well, slow down, If that's Rich. what you've got to say about it, like... Well, what do you want me to say? It's great that he did it for Wolverine. Well, okay. Well, what do you mean? I mean, he did it for one of the, if not the greatest character in comics, one of the greatest, and he was fantastic in the role. Everyone agrees with me on that's that that's fear, um, you know. But I am sad for him that he's lost some of his vocal range, uh, you know, because he was a he's a good singer and stuff as well. Um, yeah, that can also come with age, though. Can I guess? But he's very healthy, though, Hugh Jackman, man. He's not a cigar guy. He's not a drugs guy. You know, he's a very clean living individual, old Hugh. Yeah, but I mean, he does say that he thinks that it was done. I mean, he doesn't know if it's definite. I mean, he's done so many movies. He's done so much singing and dancing and all this stuff. Maybe he's just worn it out and with age. No, but, you know, um, it does happen. I mean, as people get older, they do lose a bit of their range. They do lose a bit of sure. yeah. what, they, what, what they can do. So, you know, it might also just be... Elvis. Elvis didn't you know. lose too much. He put on a lot of weight, but he could still sing right at the end. I've seen him do Unchained Melody when he was pretty fat, you know? But most singers, but their voices... not the same there. thing as old, but I mean, but Hugh Jackman's not that old either. Hugh Jackman's about 50. Probably has. Well, you know, I mean, if you're going to be doing a lot of growling and 
yelling and all that sort of stuff, but I mean... Method acting. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you knew there were better ways to do it, mm, why didn't you do that? Like, He was caught up in the role, man. He's a huge Jackman, yeah. dude. Like, you know, this is a guy... He... No, 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 no. Hang on. Yeah. The, you can't be caught up in the role too much because don't forget, <laughs> you're doing it on set, but then you still have to go in and re-record it because obviously... That's I thought he was going to Weapon X and getting the adamantium inserted into his bloodstream and all that, <laughs> you know, and... Claws are popping through the hands. He feels the pain every time he gets jacked up on it all. You know, Hugh Jackman goes the extra mile. I think he does go to Weapon X before the start of each Wolverine movie, <laughs> and X-Men movie, and goes through the procedure. Um, okay. You know, that's you know the scene that probably got him. It's that great scene in Origins where he's in the tank. He's like, ah! You know, when the... Oh, my God. Yeah. If, if you lost his voice in Origins, poor bugger, what a waste. I'm just saying, but that's you know I love that scene, Rich. You know, and he ah, and then and then the people around the tank. I like, know you love that movie for some reason. Yeah, and people around the tank are like, "Fuck, what's going on?" And then you know he pops the claws, and oh yeah, man, I'm 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 reliving some of the greatest hits. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll have to move on because I could spend a long time on this. Now I just do, do want a quick mention. Um, we're going to mention. I don't know if sure if you're familiar with the Battle of Legnica, Rich. Ever heard of this? Mongol raiders in Poland defeating a European army containing much fated Christian knights from military orders, the Teutonic Knights, the Hospitallers, and the Templars. They were beaten by the Mongols. Uh, I believe the year was 1241. Uh, I think that they drew some direct inspiration from that in the Horde campaign for D&D. I will be questioning Zeb Cook about this. Are there any questions you have about the Battle of Legnicia you'd like me to ask Zeb Cook, Richard? None that come to mind. No, really. I mean, for me, this is the battle. If I could picture any battle in history outside of obviously Caesar beating the Gauls, it would be this battle. They're my two favourites. I mean, I just hope one day we get the time travel so we can put the cameras on the battle, you know? Because I'd watch it transfixed, personally. Transfixed, Richard. I, 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 they, could tell, they could say to me, you know, uh, we've got the best ball game in the world happening over here. I'd be like, no, nah, I'm watching the Battle of Lenisha again. No, I need to watch these men die. Yeah, slaughtered by the Mongols, man. Um, <laughs> troubling news for you, Rich. I don't, I don't know how you're going to control yourself. Netflix are removing Arrested Development from the platform, including the original seasons and the seasons they did with Netflix. So people were crying right. about that because they sell them to some other, you know, stream. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well. It is okay. what it is. Um, now, there was a discussion point. I don't know if you raised this or one of our patrons did um, about, uh, what do you say, uh, retroactively censoring or changing old works of fiction. So, Roald Dahl, I mean, I hate it. They, were go they, they said they were going to sort of edit his manuscripts, you know, edit his published works and put them out again, removing words like fat with, like, big-bodied or something, some bullshit like that. Like, I'm using that as an example. I mean, I hate it. And then they backpedaled and said, oh, no, we're going to put both versions out because there was a huge pushback. And now, apparently, James Bond is going to get the same treatment. I just think, leave these books alone. Stop fucking around with them. They're the documents. Don't edit them. Don't fuck with them, please. Like, they are what they are. Let them stand on their own merits or otherwise. I hate it. What's your opinion, Rich? Oh, yeah, well, that's why I put it in, because I just think it's so... 
I just can't believe how we, how soft of a society. Yeah, I know. Like we, we, we are creating. We're pussified you know, like, completely. Yeah, like I mean, how how easy must your life be mm. if the worst thing that happens to you is that you read the word fat? Yeah. In a children's book. Do you know what I mean? Like, if that sends you into a spiral, Jesus Christ, how easy must your life be? Like, how good must you have it if yeah, if that if that's the the worst thing that that uh, that can happen to you is that someone in a book gets described as fat? I just can't <laughs> believe it. But but like, it's not like it's not like the kids are calling for this. It's this is this is some lunatics, and they're obviously at the publishing company. And I'm cynical. I actually believe that whoever's publishing them, Puffin, which I think are an imprint of Penguin, I could be wrong, but I think they are. Um, I think they just want to get Roald Dahl's name in the news. Really, I, I honestly do. I just think this is as cynical as it gets. They knew the second they put this out there, there's a lot of people who grew up on Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl was a brilliant storyteller, by the way. I mean, yes, he had a mean streak. Yes, his stories had a darker side. So what? <laughs> you know, like, who gives a shit, basically? Um... Yeah, I, I'm like, I think they wanted to have this conversation out there so people were starting to talk about Roald Dahl again. I really, but I, 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 maybe I'm wrong, but I'm as cynical to believe that. What do you think of that? Hey, look, I mean, yeah. it, it's, you know what, it's possible, but I actually don't believe that. Mm. I actually believe that they, they thought, yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree with you that they wanted to make money. Mm. But I think they thought that they would get all these people going, oh, my God, that's wonderful. I'm going to rush out and buy the book. Yeah. Not, oh, we're going to announce this, get people riled up, and then the discussion, yeah. people go buy the books. I don't think that was it. I think more was, yes, people are going to go, oh, my God, that's so you know beautiful, brilliant. Thank you. Now I can read it to my kid because it doesn't have the word fat in it, and I'm going to rush out and buy all these new versions. That's, I think, in their head is how they... That's so how they imagined it going. Instead, they were like met with a massive backlash of like, like that that censorship, man. That's um, you know that that's changing art. Yeah, you know yeah. you're 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 censoring art. It's, it's I'm sorry, it is. I mean, it is censorship. Roald Dahl is a, is such has become such an iconic children's book series. Mm. Uh, or author, I mean, his stuff is considered um, works of art. They, they are, you know, sure. Um, uh, well, I mean, and he had so many: the B, BFG, the Witches, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, like, yeah. and there's a whole box set of it. Like, yeah, uh, he, he was, he was, he was, he was astounding. I mean, I read as the, a like, kid so most many. of it. I read most of it as a kid. Like, if not all of it, probably a good chunk of it. I also read some of his adult stories. He was a very gifted storyteller. I mean. There's no denying that. I mean, I I'm on the same page with they try to ban um, Mark Twain, you know, and edit Mark Twain. I I I'm against that as well. I, I think they get it wrong. Uh, let the work stand. Let the works be judged, but don't go around editing the the thing about trying to f fucking censor James Bond. Fuck off, you know. Basically, like, yeah, well, they want to go back and remove like you know any offensive language uh, and, well, and phrases stuff and all that and they and they try to be like oh his estate is is for it because he did it himself back in the day when he was doing live and let die and i'm like well hang on a second that's a bit different he was writing a book set in sort of what new orleans or whatever uh, about black people and mm. he got feedback right and he decided to change it that's his decision yeah as the, that's the, the writer author. that's the author. you 
you, I'm sorry, I don't care if you, you, his estate, and you think that he would agree with it because he he did it himself when he was writing a book that had a lot of black characters in it. Yeah. You don't get to decide 50 years later. The estate's just looking to make money, you know? You know. The estate's just looking to keep cashing in. Look, I think, look, I honestly, in, in all fairness. I'm sorry, if it was me, I'd be like, I'm sorry, that's what my, that's what my grandfather wrote or that's what my dad yeah. wrote, and yeah. I want his work to stay as it was. As he intended. That's and me. James I'm, I'm Bond, sorry, that's just me. James Bond is an outlier in the terms of like he James Bond stands for an old school style. You know? He he's at his best when that's something Daniel Craig I think got right. Like that uh, although I think he went too far with it, there that that's sort of like when we think of James Bond, we think of that Sean Connery, we think he had that sharper edge. He did have it. And at his basis, that is James Bond. It's masculinity, you know. Someone say it's Tosky masculinity, but it, that's what it, that's the character, you know. Um, you you try to make that more watered down and more insipid. Um, mm. You lose a big part of what that character is. It's like if Judge Dredd suddenly was like, "Oh, you know, we're too soft on we're too um, hard on the criminals." Um, we've got to put them all into like, you know, like me, when I'm always going on about we've got to put the LGBTs into the counselling. If Judge Rebels are, we've got to put them into counselling and not send them to the ISO cubes. It's like, yeah. no, that's not the character. <laughs> like, that is not the character. Like, so don't try to water down James Bond because well, you only pollute it. I've got, okay, this is anecdotal, right? Mm. So my girlfriend's a, a bit younger than me mm. and she's never watched James Bond. Sure. And we started watching the James Bond movies, right? So we, we, we've just finished the Roger Moore stuff and all that. Mm. And, you know, there's there's moments where he, like, slaps a woman, all that sort of stuff. Sure. And I'm not joking. Not once did my girlfriend, like, turn around to me and go, like, oh, my God, like, the horror. How, how can we watch this? He's, he's <laughs> slapping a woman and all that sort of stuff. And, in fact, we now have a joke between the two of us where if she's been a bit cheeky, I'll literally turn around and say to her, I'll Roger Moore you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but she was not offended. She was like, "We can't watch this." He's yeah, he's slapping yeah, women around. Yeah. She, she still loves the movies. And like, also, it's not like he's doing it that much either. No, no. Yeah. But my point is, it's not like she was horrified and was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like I can't I handle just it. Saw, I just saw him slap a woman. Um, you know, because he does it in um, he hits a woman quite hard. Roger Moore in um, Man with a Golden Gun. Yeah, he gives her a good. And you know, and, and to be fair, the, the Sean Connery words had a, had a couple of. Couple of ladies. They, slaps they did, they did. I agree, but, yeah, but you know but, what? You know. As the movies went on, they did phase that out. Like, yes. you know, it, as the times changed, then certain things, you know, they didn't continue. Yeah. But my point is, she didn't get offended. She didn't. She didn't need to go to counselling. She didn't go. Oh my god! Like, I can't believe you made me watch this. Whatever. She loves the James Bond movies. The movies we've watched, she absolutely loves them. Yeah. And 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 this is again, you know. Masculine, as you say, they—they play—they're playing well to her. They, she doesn't need it, like, um, sort of kidicized, you know, to to fit a fragile brain kind of thing. Like, she's a big yeah. girl; she can take it. Yeah, I get it. And that's that's that's. Got to understand that it's fiction. It's fi- exactly, Richard. I was going to say that. Guess what? It's not a real character, guys. You know, like it's not a documentary. Uh, it's not live footage. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's it, I, but I also just think. Stay away from editing it. Republic, like I can live, I can live with before, like, and I hate that I have to, but I can live with the. Uh, we're sorry, this is depicts 
outdated stereotypes on the front title of a movie if they don't touch the movie. I don't like having to live with it, but I'll accept it. But don't change the document, please, because I hate that. I, I've always hated whether this is the heavily edited version. No, thank you. I don't want the heavily edited version. You know, I want the version that came out originally, you know? And and that's where I'll always sit. And, yeah, frankly, it just pisses me off. But anyway, let's move away from it because we're, we're in total agreement, uh, you know, as well. And if someone's got a different opinion, feel free, message me because I can understand there's different opinions out there. So message me with your opinion. I'll read it out. Uh, now, Suicide Squad, Kill the Just League uh, is the latest game breach to require an internet connection at all times. It isn't sitting well with fans. Apparently, I heard it described as a loot grinder, Rich. Um, you're more familiar with these terms than me. Um, what does that mean? This means a lot of grinding for loot. <laughs> right. So, is that like a Destiny? Yeah, it's like Destiny. It's like Diablo. Right. Okay. Um, well, I like Diablo. You know, yeah, it's just it's a loot grinder. It means that there's a lot of loot drops in you. Oh, Borderlands as well. Borderlands mm-hmm. is a loot grinder. Just any game that 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 sh- like provides you with a shit ton of loot, right? Uh, as you're always trying to get the best item. Or I wonder if this game is going to be any good. Like at the end of the day, like we can speculate all we want, but it's it's going to be one of those games that's either going to bomb or do like a Hogwarts Legacy and be really popular. You know? No, I'm leaning towards bomb. I am too, frankly. My instincts are just. No, I don't think... I think this is going to be one of those games where it comes out. And you know sometimes a game comes out and the gaming world unites in hating it? <laughs> I think that I, for some reason, I feel... Well, they're pretty this much is, with Gotham Knights. Yes. I, I, yeah, either unites in dislike or apathy. Apathy is also a killer in such a competitive market as the, you know the gaming market is. Um, you, know, you know, apathy just is such a killer in culture. Like, if you're apathetic about something, it's almost worse than having a, I hate it, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I, if a whole bunch of people hate your game, some people might just buy it just to see what the hate is about. But if no one's talking about your game, then, yeah, no one's going to be buying your game. Exactly. Well... Trails that remain Every 
Weekly comics. Woo. We've just got two comics this week. Pretty quick ones. One was Wolverine one three four. I picked this up. I want to shout out to my pals at Unspoken Decade. They put this top. Uh, what do you call them? Cover page. Um, is that what you call them, Rich? Covers. Um, and yeah. it was Wolverine versus the Marvel Universe, and I was like, man, this sounds epic. And um, so I selected it for the show. Uh, some good artwork of Wolverine, actually. I will say that. Some very good artwork. Some thin 90s storytelling <laughs> about, like... I actually thought it was all going to be a dream. I really did think that as this comic wore on and he was, like, massacring people left, right and centre, heroes, like, he, he, he got Black Cat and they're like, if you another inch, you would have killed him. I'm like, so did he actually got her with his claws? Um, that's going to leave a mark. Uh, what did you think of this, Rich? Because it was very of its time. Um, yeah, definitely of its time. Um, felt like a um, filler issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, just him slashing people. I think That's... he killed a cop at one point, didn't he? I'm not sure if he killed them, but it it seemed like he potentially may have killed someone. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely feel I definitely feel like he killed that cop. Like I mean, that was like seemed like a throat slash. Yeah, because it was even silhouetted. <laughs> yeah, and well, he doesn't ever mention like, oh, thank God he's still alive, or just winged him or something like that. That guy was like, ah, and then, you know, uh, I don't know. It looked like he smoked him. I'm sorry. Uh, and then yes, the other Avengers and stuff start rocking up, and God, who rocks up? Jesus, um, Vision. Uh, uh, fire. It just felt like everyone. Human Torch. Yeah, Human Torch and Black Cat, and uh, but there were some other people that rocked up as well. I'm trying to... Oh, Moon Knight rocked up, and yeah, the Electrocutioner or something. Is that what he's called? Or the there were some oh. random people who I've never heard of, like you know. Um... Well, I think he's a Spider-Man character, that Electrocutioner. Right. Okay. Is Spider-Man turned up at some point. No, he didn't. Spider-Man um... was not there. No. No, he wasn't there. Uh, yeah, look, um, nothing really happens in it. He just kicks a lot of people's asses. A lot of asses that you think he shouldn't. Yeah. Like, as much as... I know you hate Vision, mm. but literally all Vision has to do is turn intangible. Yeah. <laughs> he can't touch him. Like, so, I don't, I don't know. Some funny... Funny stuff. And I don't know. I'm not... A, I wasn't that big a fan of the art. It no, I, I, I it wasn't. It was overly yeah. cartoony. Yes, uh, at times I feel that works well for Wolverine himself. 
I felt some of the Wolverine images were pretty cool. Um, some of the other characters less so. Uh, I did like... One thing I did like was the end with the Collector, because I've always liked the Collector, so it was kind of cool to see the Collector show up at the very last panel. Um, you know, but overall, um, interesting, but pr- probably best left in the 90s. I'd give it a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I was going to say about a six out of ten is. I mean, it's not. It's not terrible. It's not awful. Yeah. It's just a filler issue of him. So oh, his mind gets taken over by a character that needs his help, and turns out he's just testing him by literally making him kill people. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, you know, or I mean, they they attempted to kill people. He's the one that's sort of like saying to them, "Don't do it! Don't you fucker do it!" Blah, blah, blah. It's like in his head, and I'm just like. How are these people not dead? Like, if you have no control. But anyway, it's a 90s comic. You can't have me going around killing the heroes and all this sort of stuff, which is why I think they had him kill a cop. But no one gives a shit about that cop. <laughs> no, no. I, yeah, it was almost like... Um, but but I'm like, how is Wolverine going to explain this at a later date? You know, like, it was like... There was a fair bit of mayhem going on. Oh, that's the beauty of comics, man. It doesn't ever need to be explained. No. I agree. He's never going to be brought up on those charges, those cop killing charges, and uh, oh my god, the amount of times that superheroes have fucking turned against people because of mind control and all that. People probably just go, eh, probably been mind controlled again. Oh god, I can think of other versions of Wolverine. Uh, uh, when I read Enemy of the State, which I think is a brilliant story, um, where he's mind controlled there and he's like, you know, killing people left, right, and center. Um, yeah, but this felt more cartoony than Enemy of the State. This was very nineties. You know, like, I mean, some of the people that showed up. What about Solo showing up? He was like... Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. That's. I think this must have been when they introduced Solo as a character because he was kind of holding his own there, wasn't he? He was. Solo he was, was one of the new Marvel characters, yes, yes. He was really throwing his weight around. Like, yeah, now Solo, I think, uh, he put up a pretty good effort. Like, I was like, wow, Solo's a real player. Um, you mm. don't see too much Solo these days. Well, he would be because he would have been the, a new character on the block, and so they yeah. needed to sort of... Um, pump him up. Uh, pump him up a bit there, yeah. Yeah, for all the Solo fans. <laughs> um, yeah and then we had um so what did you give it out of 10 i gave it 6.5 uh, six yeah six, six. So that's fair uh then we had what if wolverine was lord of the vampires roy thomas who we recently had on the show um did this one i always find these what ifs fun even if they're not that good and this was actually entertaining like you know it was kind of like a neat concept i kind of enjoyed it i must admit like what are you where are you on the what if stuff rich it's a mixed bag of, of good and bad. The mm. problem I have with the what if is that um, they're interesting ideas, but you're taking a story that was told over three, four, five, six issues mm. and telling us a, a, a one-issue story. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like I sometimes I feel like some of these what if ish, the story should get four issues. Mm. Um to like really, but then again, it's like okay, but then it's, it's a whole series, so I kind of get it and all that sort of stuff. It's like it's just a bit of fun, but it can feel a bit too like condensed or rushed, or mm. um, you know, uh, and, and a funny story. I actually own this issue. In oh, really? Coffee. That's yes, cool. Uh, what time period are we talking, Rich? Is it late eighties or? Uh, yes, I believe this one came out late eighties, like nineties. Maybe like ninety, ninety one, maybe. Okay, and and what time period? 
What do you think of Ezekiel? Like, was it an 80s storyline, I assume? Like, because they're referencing the thing with Storm and stuff? Like, I don't think I've ever read the original issue, personally. Like, Yeah, um, I think the I, I think the original story would have been, yeah, like 80, maybe 85 or 86. Okay, so like mid-80s, mid yeah. You know, um, um, and again, it's just when they took on the vampire of Dracula and all that, then it's like, oh, what if... But which I just thought was so funny is that they made Wolverine... Hmm. Yeah, the the, the Lord because I was like, but he has a healing factor. Wouldn't wouldn't like wouldn't yes. the bite not Well, I guess Wolverine in eighty five wasn't as powerful as he later became, you know, in terms of the writing and stuff, you know. But but yeah, that's I mean, a good I point. guess I feel yeah. like he's always been a bit powerful, even even the eighties. Yeah, I, he was, but he gradually got more powerful as the years went by, you know. Mm. Like, but here is the question I had because I was a bit confused. So normally when Dracula was doing the vampire shtick, the the people were literally just like sort of robots. You know, they were, he, he mind-influenced them all. Wolverine, it was kind of funny. He 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 wasn't mind-controlled, but he did make the decision just to be 100% evil. <laughs> I was like, like, do you know what I mean? It was like he wasn't mind-controlled, but he didn't react like Wolverine would react if he was turned into a vampire. Like, I don't think Wolverine's reaction normally would just instantly be, I've got to destroy New York and the world and be totally evil. Well, that's why I said. I feel like, you know, a story like this should have a few issues because um, it, it could have been like maybe like they get he gets bitten mm. and they think that he's healing factor work and they defeat... Mm. Um, Dracula, but then he slowly turns, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's changing him and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, it, again, it has to be told in one issue. So yeah, one in done. one panel he turns and he's that's it. He's like evil, and he's and literally he's there on his and throne, then out kind of, the of blue, smirky. Right at the end, uh, Strange is like, hey, "I can feel the good in you," and he's like, "Yes, I said fighting with me." It's like, oh, really? Because you haven't shown me that in the whole fucking <laughs> no. you know issue. You, you've, you've you've just brought that out at the end and. That's why I feel like they're fun, they're enjoyable, yeah. they're a bit of a laugh, but I do feel like there's some interesting stories that could actually be fleshed out Yeah. Um, if, if you were to give it two or three issues. I you tell know, you what um, wasn't interesting, when I enjoyed the, I kind of enjoyed the Marvel What If TV show, although I wish it had done more than just the movie stuff, but what I didn't enjoy was the need to create the What If super team at the end. That was the part where I rolled my fucking uh -huh. eyes. Where they were like, oh, we've got to take all the what-if characters and form up a super team. I was like, oh, fuck me. Really? Do we? <laughs> like, you, you know what? To fight the big what-if monster? <laughs> the big what-if. What-if. What-if what-if was a monster? And we can form up a super team. I'd be like, what if we just don't fucking bother, guys? You know? Like, please. Um, yeah. Sorry, it, look, I, I mean, yeah. you can disagree with me, but I, I always felt like that what-if series... Mm. wasn't a vehicle to tell interesting what if stories i felt it was just more of a vehicle to um to have um characters oh. be something else oh the tv series you mean oh yeah 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 not the, not yeah the, not yeah no i agree no it was like um you know what it was it was the variant thing it's like oh imagine if captain america was like a female and what if yeah, you yeah, know? They, they, yeah they wanted um oh, what's her name um i forget her name now too agent carter yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Peggy, Peggy Carter. I yeah. think so. Yeah, they just wanted like, oh, we want to have Peggy Carter as Captain America, basically. So yeah, this is the, this is the perfect vehicle to do it. 
I mean, like, I liked the Marvel Zombies episode. Like, I uh, the idea of it, I don't mind. It's I think, no, they were going to yeah. use some of those what if stuff. Is my point, like yeah. the sort of elsewhere stories. But I'm just saying, at the end of the day, the, the 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 purpose of the vehicle was to have these variants. Yeah, yeah, true, totally, yeah, totally. And you know, that is what it is. Uh, speaking of, um, so I'm giving this Lord of the Vampires. I'm giving this six and a half as well. I thought it was decent. This one I'll give a seven. Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's right around there. Um, now, I do want to mention, this week we don't have technically a book of the week just because we've got so much reading going on, but I do want to mention we've got Ed Greenwood coming on next Thursday, um, and sooner rather than later we're going to do Jeff Grubb's Forgotten Realms, and obviously Ed created the Forgotten Realms, and he's written a ton of novels and a ton of source books even a few comics along the way. Um, but we are super excited to have Ed Greenwood. Uh, Michael Kellershim during this show has emailed me some more questions for Ed Greenwood. So I've really got a full list of questions for him. Uh, if you've got anything you'd like to ask Zeb Cook as well, please email it to... Oh, you know what? No, Facebook me. Facebook me. Just, um, you know, David Finn on Facebook or you can Facebook Signal of Doom. I will get them. I will ask the questions um, as time allows because, we you know... We, we, it's always hard to tell you exactly how much time you have with these mm-hmm. guys. But um, we're going to have plenty of questions. So I think it's going to be a really fun, interactive uh, kind of um, time. I also do want to mention, check out the Roy Thomas interview. I have posted all the links on the Facebook page, but I will repost the Roy Thomas one because I think it got a bit lost in the shuffle of our 300th episode. We had so many people who listened to the 300th episode. I want to put the Roy Thomas stuff up there. I was actually proud of myself, Rich, because I had a very... I had 45 minutes exactly. That's what his agent told me, and I got through all my stuff that I wanted to ask. I hit all the points and got some nice answers from Roy. Um, so I was really appreciative of Roy's time. Yeah. And um, it was it was an honour to have such a legend on the show, actually. And I really feel like I did a lot of preparation for that interview to modify the questions to be really sort of tight so he could give answers, you know, and get some stuff in. I wanted to make use of my time, you know? Cause I well, might, you know what? You know, to be fair, sometimes it is actually helpful to know what your time is. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. Some of these, some of these creators do tell me. Some do. Some will actually, mm-hmm. you know, like in in fairness, all the I I can say this in all honesty. Every single person I've had on the show has been a pleasure, um, mm. and every single one of them, I feel like I learned something from them. You know, in not just in terms of the information, but just in terms of the exchange. Everyone's different. Everyone's got their own pace. Um, some are similar, and, and, and others are very different. I, I actually really I enjoy the interviewing. You know, um, it, t- it does take a bit of extra time, but it's not something I would I wouldn't bother doing it if I didn't enjoy it. It's that it's that I, I don't need to do it. You know, but I love doing it, and I love I love getting access to the people, and I really firmly believe. I don't mean to sound morbid, but you know, you're not going to get the chance like in twenty years time, kind of thing. You know, a lot of these guys will either be retired or, or not with us, you know, and what a great opportunity to get the chance from the people we've got on the show, pretty much all of them are kind of legends of the game, you know, in all different spheres. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, and I just think it's just fascinating to to, 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 to just chat to them, and I always do try to prepare. So my philosophy is I want it to be something that someone else just tuning in would find interesting. I find it interesting, but I, I want to make it worth worthy of their time, you know, because I feel they're giving me their time. So anyway, so look, 
I'm really excited, as you can probably tell, for Ed Greenwood and Zeb Cook. I am super excited. Now, whose turn is it for these fucking books? I've totally lost track. Um, is it your? Is it your? Is it your go next go? In terms of trades, could be. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll announce it on the Facebook page. Um, we're proud members of the collective. Uh, you've got a lot of great shows on there. Inner Demons with Brian Biggie. You've got uh, Last Sons of Krypton with Connor and his floating array of guests now. You've got Ray on Into the Night, um, his Spider-Woman podcast as well. To know her is to fear her. And I'm sure he's got something else that I'm forgetting, so my apologies, Ray. You've got Ghost, Ghost Spider Groupies. Um, you've got Capes and Lunatics, where I do a monthly episode, uh, Phil and Lilith and Charlie do a fantastic job there. There's a lot of stuff that's going on in the collective, so check us out. Uh, Rich, any announcements you'd like to make? Are you running for president? Like, what's going on? No, man, I got nothing. Got nothing. Got nothing, I'm I'm too tired to run, man. Running on fumes, man. Running on empty. Yeah, Jackson Brown, man, that's you running on empty right now. I'm running on... I had a sinus headache. I've talked my way through it somehow. You know, as tight as you are now, if they said you had to go out and open the batting, could you do it, Rich? So if they said you had to face up, you know, um, to some serious hardcore fast bowling, would you be able to do it right now? Uh, Eleven o'clock at night, no. <laughs> well, there'd be lights. Yeah, uh, bit tired, I'd... bit sleepy. At, at, at my age, the eyes don't see. I mean, I play night baseball, and I have to wear my glasses just to yeah. see the fucking. I love it, Rich. I'd be out there. I'd probably be hopeless, but I, any opportunity for me, I'd be like, yes, definitely. Yeah, but that's only because you you'd be so excited that they actually ask you. I'd be so because... super excited. I thought I was going to get. A, I thought I was going to call up this tour. I actually, I said to, I said to my tennis coach, I, re- I said, I reckon I'm a chance. You might, well, you might, you might actually be better than what they're playing. Batting, batting down. We had a win today, Rich. We beat India nine wickets, my friend. Might not have mm. caught the latest news piece there. We've, we, we, we could level the series. Yeah, stop watching after your embarrassing losing six wickets in 21 minutes. Yeah, well, guess what, Rich? We won the match. So, winners are grinners, my friend. You know? Winners are grinners, my friend. We're in the, we're in the World Test Final. You shouldn't, have, you shouldn't have won that. You should have dominated that. Yeah, look. At the end of the day, it's all about a win, Rich. We've we won by nine wickets. We've put India on notice. We're back. We're back, man. Back at back on the top where we belong. Oh, hopefully. Any, anyway, let's not get me started ranting about Australian cricket because I can be quite <laughs> fickle. I mean, only a, a week ago I was calling for sackings of most of the team. If you recall, Rich, I had my my axe you out. You are, Dave. <laughs> if 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 I would, if there's one. <laughs> word to describe you uh, it, oddly enough it would be pendulum <laughs> well man you've got to keep them on their toes dude you've got to keep them on their toes you know they can't get too secure on those big wages you know big wages come with big expectations you know yeah keeping people on their toes and just making people feel like you're bipolar is two different things though. doesn't doesn't worry me man I came to conquer not to rule. David Finn. It sounds like it could have been Julius Caesar, but it's actually me. It's my quality. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you should tweak it a little bit, David, then you can make it your say, and you can be like, no, I said that. Just me. Only me. <laughs> Just me. Always me. All right. On that note, I want to say thank you, and good night. Good night. Great show, Rich. Fantastic show. We killed it. Mm-hmm.